Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL tour. Another round in the books, and Origin 1 also in the books. Uh, unfortunately, lost that game, Brock. Yeah, we did. But, well, I'm sure we'll get into that as we uh, as we move along. But uh, disappointing result, but not without our chances. Yeah, very disappointing result. We'll uh, have a talk at that one after. But obviously, starting with the fast five is always the highlight, the low light, the best, worst players and teams. And any questions coming out of the round, what was your highlight? Uh, the finish of the Cowboys-Manly game. Uh, Lachlan Coote got dragged down about a metre out. Uh, the Cowboys looked like they were threatening they were going to come over, home over the top, but Manly's defence was stout, uh, and then Coop made a break. Uh, Thurston hits Gavin Cooper and the Cowboys win. It was just a good finish. It was a cliffhanger. Um, the other obvious one was the Lachlan Marina try uh, right on halftime. That, that'll go close to being try of the year. But And then last night I was watching the Storm Roosters game, and I thought the Storm were going to trump them at the, right on halftime there, the play they pulled off mm. um, that was a near try. Uh, that would have been better than the Marina try. It was looking pretty good. Uh, I had similar to you, but I thought you might have been on the same page, so I chucked two others in there. I went with the theme of try assists. I thought Roger Tulevasa Sheck's one hander last night when uh, he broke down the numbers and uh, cut back was, in. Yeah. Threw the one arm hand grenade, and then Bryce Cartwright threw the fake dummy, went on the outside the other night, and then squeezed between two defenders and threw that one hander pass for Simmons to score. I thought they were absolute crackers for yeah, me. He was, that's, um, that's his uh, breakout game almost in first grade. Oh, big time. But the, those two plays and Papali just smashing Josh Maguire, that was one of the best like, clean hits you'll ever see. Yeah. No enough, shoulder. Enough, better bloke. No spear, just a front-on, full-blown body-to-body contact. You just mowed him down. Bit of so. a, the game inside the game, obviously, because Maguire... Took his took bench his, spot. Yeah, took his origin spot. Well, look, if they play the Roosters, I'd like to see if he goes after Napa as well, taking his 18th man spot. But so what about your low light? Uh, the origin result. Mm. Uh, we had absolutely every chance to win. We still couldn't seal the deal. Um, you know, we ran it on the last tackle, kicked the kicked the ball dead, which allowed Queensland to roll down. Cooper Cronk slots a field goal. Then the next opportunity we get, Robbie Farrah passes it to the wrong bloke. Um, Dugan almost snaps a field goal, but, you know... It just it gets more and more frustrating to watch it. I know we won last year, but uh, there was no Cooper Cronk there. So I'm not saying it was a hollow victory, but uh, this was a real chance to sort of stamp stamp ourselves. The I, takeover. I guess, as, yeah, as, as really the young being blokes, the defending yeah. champions, and uh, we let that opportunity slip. And now we've put ourselves in a hole where we're going to have to go to Melbourne and Brisbane uh, to win the series, which will be difficult. It's not impossible, but uh, you would have liked to have you know come away with a victory there for the Blues. Yeah, well, like I said, I'm not going to touch too much into that until we speak about it after this, but my low light uh, was probably a combination of two things. I thought Penrith's injuries, again, I think Soward might be clear to go this weekend anyway, but still, really? it's something you don't he's really... He's got an AC, Joe. Oh, I can't see him playing this week. Well, they reckon he's fine. They wow. said that today, so 
whether it wasn't as severe as first thought. Um, still not good. And then Moylan, obviously going down, doesn't help. But um, ten weeks, they reckon Moylan is having ankle surgery on Thursday. The other one was the refs. Like how you get the the Holmes decision wrong yesterday. Like they just blew that one blatantly. Then on the, Sunday. Then on the Sunday. double standard in the Titans South game where English one was an obstruction, but then later on there was a try for an obstruction. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to go too full on it, but just more cons- more consistency thing. I was That's... I was frustrated watching the Melbourne game last night. I thought. Every time Melbourne sort of slowed a ruck down, the refs were under it, but the Roosters were getting three in and slowing it down just as bad, and they weren't getting as penalised. It's all about you know, You're going mad, mad watching it. There, there was one last night as well, Sean Kenny Dow taps the ball 10 metres from where the cross is. He was so they're far letting, off. They're letting yeah. go. And it's just it's little things like that. Again, consistency is all I want. Mm-hmm. So uh, there was a few little things there that frustrated me. Well, I just weekend. think there's too many things for him to monitor. To be consistent, I think that's the issue. I think you just go back to one. That's my biggest issue. One of the games I watched with one, things seem to flow better. Everything seems to just, yeah. I like the international game earlier in the year, even though we got done in pretty hard. I just think all the games that have one ref seem to flow much better and don't seem to have as many controversial decisions. So mm. um, that's just my opinion. But yeah, the Penrith injury toll, and I got that'll lead into my questions after. But what about your best? Uh, I had a few. I had Cooper Cronk Origin 1. I thought he was a clear man of the match. And a lot of people have come out and said as much. I've, I've almost fell over at the fact that he didn't get the man of the match award. Uh, Dugan, he was brewing in Origin and brewing again on Sunday. Uh, Roger Tuavasa Shek, we're going to talk about him, but he was unbelievable last night. And just one forgotten play, Brett Stewart ran down Lachlan Coote um, for an amazing try-saving tackle in that Cowboys game, the one that I alluded to before. Um, it didn't end up winning them the game, but it was a it was a real effort play and one that probably was forgotten in the fact that Manly were, were defeated. Yeah, well, best team and best players. As far as players go, went the pair of fullbacks. Roger Tuivasa-Shek, to me, is the best player in the comp at the moment. Uh, yeah, and, well, we, I think we agree on that. And Josh Dugan. Him and, I think him and Thurston are just two, the two clear standouts at the moment. Yeah, and Josh Dugan was the other one again because not only was he yeah, our well, best... he's not far away from him. He was our best in origin, and then he's backed it up, played another full 80, 200-plus try, just very influential. But uh, team-wise, speaking of Dugan, is the Dragons. Uh, I think they're the real deal. Uh, last year, I kind of had them said that I wouldn't be surprised if they were a dark horse for the eight with that forward pack, even though they were a bit light. Uh, they weren't tough. Um, coming into this year, obviously, after 12 months, you have the right to judge them. I thought they were soft and that nothing would change, but Mary McGregor's changed the one thing that needed uh, fixing, which is the attitude of their forward pack. And right now, you forget that someone like uh, you know Jack DeBellin, like I said, was the NYC player of the year a couple of years ago. He's been good off the bench. Thompson holding down a back row spot's nearly played origin now that he's been left alone. Frizzell moved into the back row, not played as a tight player. He's borderline origin. Uh, along with Merrin, you chucked it in there. They've got one of the best back rows in the comp. Um, Ewan Aitken, I said to you, I was a big fan, and he reminded me a lot of Matty Cooper. I think he's been great since he's come in. They've, uh, they're just little things. Will Matthews, even the hooker rotation. I think Heath or Strange's 20 minutes on he's the field is very underrated. He's doing a job. They, they control things, and they're spine. They're, they're halves. Well, I think it's as simple as this. They defend well, they're disciplined, uh, and they complete their sets. So simple as that. They're just you know, my only question mark is whether they're going to have enough points in them against quality sides at the end of the year. But well, I think the attack's you know, they're, fixed. they're going to put themselves in a position to be there at the end of the year, and they've got 13, 14 weeks to fix that. Yeah, or to but just, it just in general, it was too... And like you said, I think from the start of the year till now, their attacks improved significantly. Well, he said after two rounds, and everyone said they weren't scoring, my big thing was defence, we're going to work on the attack. Well, I always say that. I Every preseason, I always say the first eight rounds, you've just got to defend well. 
And you're going to win a lot of games. It's been summed up because they've gone from scoring maybe twice a week at best to the last couple of weeks they've scored 24 against Canberra. I think they scored 30 or something last week, didn't they, or the week before when they played and they put 40 on there. And they beat the Bulldogs by 30 early in the year. So they're starting to find themselves scoring. Their halves have set up more tries than they're in the comp as well. So for that combination... I think they beat the Raiders. They scored a few against the Raiders. Yeah, so that combination that supposedly uh, you know wasn't working, they're, they're the best halves pairing in the comp right now. Yeah. So, that, uh, yeah, that, that was my best team in the round. But what about your worst? Best halves pairing in the comp. Right now. Big, oh, I think Pierce Best halves pairing in the comp. I think they're better than Pierce Maloney. Yeah. At this point, well, on also, form. Uh, if you're going to go on form. Thurston and Morgan. Yeah, pretty close, but on form, I'd give it to the Dragons. No, I'd give it to the Cowboys. Mm. Um, the worst, Paulie Paulie's late hit on Soward. I thought it was, and I can't believe how many people are coming out and saying, oh, it was, you know, it wasn't late. What do you want him to do, pull out? Of course you want him to pull out. He had mm. plenty of time to pull out. Soward's passed the ball, skipped, landed, relaxed, and he's hit him. Yeah. Like, well, stop they're, it. They're the worst Don't ones. give me that. When they're relaxed. If you, hit, it's, if you hit simultaneous, I've got no problem because halves have to be pressured. But, yeah, when you've pulled off your own, yeah, like, relaxed and you get hit. I'll I get... don't know how long Sal's going to be out for, but Pooley Pooley escapes suspension, uh, which I think is just ridiculous. Uh, and it sets, it's a dangerous act. It sets a dangerous precedent. Well, and it's been happening for weeks. I'd, so I don't know. There, it's, there, there is no precedent. The game. They haven't you know, anybody for Blocker, it. Blocker Roach came out today on Fox Sports News and he was saying, you know, oh, they need to harden up and... Ford should be able to hit him if they go into the line wall. You know what? You know my theory on it. If you hit him on your inside shoulder, I can cop it. You hit him from the outside shoulder, that means you're too slow. Means you're too slow. Mm. Right? Well, I said, if you're good enough to get up on your inside shoulder and go in and hit him, mate, your line speed's been good enough, you've probably earned the right to. If you're on the line... If you're, in the, if, if, if you're on the outside and then you hit him with your outside shoulder, he skips across you, he's beating you. If you're digging into the line, though... You deserve to get hit, and that's how they no, should be No, I don't, I don't buy into that. You don't deserve to get hit. And if hit. you haven't got rid of the ball and I'm there on time, yeah, you're going to get hit. But he's, also, he's, he's two seconds post getting rid of the ball. Yeah, that wasn't digging into well, the not, line. Well, probably not a two he seconds, probably at least a second. He didn't even dig into the line. He threw it before. That's a cheap shot. Well, he finished overs. He didn't finish square. He didn't, you know, I, there's a lot of things that... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's a cheap shot. But if you are, yeah, but if you are, in, if you are in the line... Barely release the ball. Yeah, like well, no you're, shit. That's, you're in that's the motion. No I'm, I'm going to hit no-brainer. you. I'm going to hit you. That's a no-brainer. And the other one about it, this but, whole. But, but then again, don't hit someone that's not, they're not looking. Yeah, but that's the same thing. You want to play this bull crap block block run over shape, and you still got the footy with your back turned. I'm going to hit you anyway. No, that's the way it works. It's a contact sport. No, you don't if, hit people. If, well, yeah, okay. So if he's what? Got the so ball, if you're running if over, so I'm chasing you. I can't hit If he's got the ball, exactly. I'm saying don't. Don't don't hit people off the ball, especially when they're not looking. If they're especially when the pass is that's gone. Fine. That's what I'm ta- that's what we're talking about. Yeah, but I'm oh, saying earlier early in the year when we spoke about, it, like I said, if we're going to play these block shapes, but don't I play just, overs. it's very simple to me. If you get off the line hard, and you're good enough to put pressure on the half on your inside shoulder, you've earned the right to hit him, mm-hmm. even 100%. if he is a little bit late. And I'm just saying, if he skips good. across you and you're slow off the line, you do not have a right to chase him and hit him post his If he hasn't let go of the ball. Yeah, you. okay, That's but we're saying. not talking about that. Mm-hmm. We're talking about guys that have passed the ball. Yeah, 100%. That's it's just a no-brainer. No-brainer. Those people were getting confused, saying with this new you shape. You know what it's going to take? Cronk or Thurston or someone to get busted, and then yeah, everyone will, the rules will change. Everyone said that, but they've all been going on about this whole, the way they play the block block, 
they turn their back, they get hit. If you haven't got rid of the ball, I don't care if you got your back to it. Doesn't matter. That's the way it works. If you've the got the football, you're a target. We're not even talking about that. I don't no. know why you're talking about that, but because they brought that up, and I thought it's the stupidest thing ever. As a forward, I'm not just going to let you if drift. You've got the ball, you can get. It's a three. I'm not going to let you drift. No. Across the field and make up your mind what you're doing. If you've got your back turned and I'm coming from the other side chasing after you, I'm going to drill you if you've got the football. Yeah. A dog shot when someone's relaxed and let go of the football, completely different story. Yeah, it's no brainer to me. I don't as even far know what we're talking about. As far as setting the position of the ball. Because it's been spoken of, and it's the yeah. stupidest thing I've ever heard. If you're going to hold the ball, I'm going to come hit you. That's how it's going to work. And if you dig into the line, yeah. that's what you do. That's the sacrifice you make uh, to yeah, make but an also opportunity think, for okay, outside. If you're, going to, if you're going to hit someone who's not looking, there's a way to do it. Yeah, and with your course. shoulder up and your yeah, arms driving into right. the turf. I don't yeah. mean shoulder charging leaving no, down, but there's, there's a few little bits like that have niggled me. They're almost saying that you don't have the right. I think certain, we've just. I think the players. I think players have forgotten the players' code. It's too sanitised for the way I've been here. I don't. But, I just. I don't think that you know. Away from the media and away from the coaches and away from the referees, there's a players' code, mm. and the reason why the players are so filthy about it is because. You know, if that happened at training, yeah, you'd be dead. There'd be there'd be punches thrown. You'd be filthy as. Especially you know, so why is it any team, why is it any different? Know. Why is it any different in a game? Obviously, there are oppositions you're competing, but there's a line there where it goes from you know being competitive and being dirty. And for me, that was dirty. I, I didn't like it. Yeah, well, they haven't set a precedent. No one's been suspended for it, and he got off as well. So until something happens, it's going to keep happening. But well, until there's a serious injury, that's what will happen. My worst was the Storm. Uh, 36 misses, multiple errors. I just thought they lacked a day's goal, forward pack. I think they missed McLean in particular. I think he's been underrated this year. But, uh, yeah, just, oh, just, just in general, the whole they performance... They got jumped last night. ...was backwards. And the other one was just the Sharks. The Sharks just battled. I give... I'm, worried about, I'm, worried, I'm worried about the Sharks for a few reasons. Firstly, they, they can't score points. Secondly, like, we're going to go into it, but the Flanagan and the CEO and then the Gordon situation, they've got no gallon. There's just a whole multitude of stuff there that's that's not right at the Sharks. Mm. Well, what about any questions you've got? Uh, is RTS the form player in the comp? Uh, to me, he's the best player yeah, in the comp right now, even with the Thurston moments. I think if you're going to say individually, not as if... I've got like, him and Thurston on par. I think there's been games where they've given me the end of the match to other players and he's gone unnoticed. If you want to talk about week-to-week individually, he's ridiculous, like... Someone chalking almost 300 metres a week. The amount of tackle breaks, just yeah, just everything. There's, and there's not really a, a flaw in his game as a fullback either. Yeah, He's basically got every facet of the... Of well, the scary thing up. is, it's, and his, he's only it's 21, his first 22. year there. It's his first year at fullback. Yeah, but I mean, just age-wise, he's like 22 years old. It's it's ridiculous. Um, the percentage of the Cowboys to win the comp if they're in the bottom four of the eight or the top four of the eight. So what chance do you give them if they're in the top four? Bottom four, so they struggle. I've said the last couple of years that this what they've done this year is what I've been asking them to do the last three or four years. They need to bank points. They've won a couple of games during Origin and get a top four spot because then they'll win at home and they'll go straight to the the top the, the final four. Yeah, if I they get in the final problem. four, then it's pretty simple. It's yeah, they're in with a shot. Yeah, you get um, the same twenty five percent chance as the other three teams, but they've never put themselves in this spot. One word to sum up the Storms' performance on Monday night: diabolical. Uh, former Greg Inglis is he tired, injured, concussed, or a mixture of all of them? I think none of them. I think he's lost interest. This is coming from a bloke. Long season? In, nah, previous years. If I want a comp, I'd retire. All these bits and pieces. I think he's won all these Origin series. He's been playing rep footy forever. He finally won a comp. Uh, he does look a little bit busted, so I suppose you could probably chuck them there too. But I think there may be a bit of a lack of interest. And not saying there's interest in all this French rugby bits and pieces and all the money that's out there right now. But I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if he was in free flow as far as the way he spoke before about his attitude. 
um, in regards to if we ever want a comp, he'd consider retirement. Then I think maybe he's just a little bit over it. Mm. All right, uh, the nine for New South Wales if Farah's out. At the moment, if you want my opinion on form, I'd say Mitch Rain deserves a shot. But if it was going to be out of him or Pete's, I'd be picking one of them, not Ennis. But if you want experience and that's what they're all gibbering about and sticking solid and blah, 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 they're going to pick Ennis. Not, I don't see the point in really picking... Like, I've thought about it. They're not going to pick when, I first, when I was first talking about it, I thought, yeah, we could throw Ennis in there. I think if we won game one, you'd put Ennis in. No-brainer. No mm. uh, but now we lost game one, I think... And I heard, really, what happens if we lose game two? Then Ennis is out, and then you probably pick Rain. And then I also heard somebody say he doesn't play 80. He, this year, he's only not Who, playing... Eight, yeah, he plays 80 easily. He played 80 the last three years before. It's a choice. Though. It's a choice for him not to play 80. He doesn't get the choice at the moment because they have Lestrange there doing that short cho- role. It's a choice from the coach. It's not the fact yeah. that they've got a hooker there. And they've done that from a system point of view because they wanted him to run a little bit more. So instead of making 55 tackles... Right. He can play. He can play. He play 80 easily. Yeah. Someone said that today. I can't remember who. I just thought, you goose. He'll he can fine. play 80 if he wants to. Yeah. So if you're going to go the young option, they're our best two options. But I think Rain right well, now is playing better than even, I, I think they. I really think they're going to look at picking Luke Lewis again. Um, yeah, that's what you'd pick him if you brought him back. If you picked him in, you could throw Luke Lewis in a hooker for 10 minutes. You'd have to pick a utility probably if that was your worry. But yeah, Rain gets it on if you're going to go a young bloke. But yeah, from the way they're talking, they're going to pick in. So um, that's up to them. But my question's Penrith with all these injuries, and especially now if Moylan's out, and you've got all these clouds, top eight, is it in danger? No, well, I don't think so. Well, they're, Cause they're what, still what are they now? Six and five. eighth now. And they've had a injury riddled season, so sure, I, think, eighth, oh, I think they're outside the eight. No, the Warriors are eight, aren't they? No, Warriors. Are, I think the Warriors are sixth or seventh. Um, the Panthers are in the eight. They're they've eighth. won five games. Um, look, check the table it's now. I bet you a thousand bucks are in. Pretty the sure eight. top three are on eighteen. Melbourne's on sixteen, and then the, all the other right. teams sit there on. I know you're always right, but I you're think, wrong. I think fourteen's Roosters, Rabbitohs, Warriors. <laughs> Do your research, mate. You're going to ask a question seriously. All right, Dragons, Broncos, Cowboys, Storm, Roosters, Rabbitohs, Warriors, Panthers, top eight. So they're sitting eighth. eighth. Yeah. What points are they on? Twelve. Are they equal with anybody else? Uh, I don't know. Dogs maybe. They're eighth. You yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Right. They're sitting right on the fringe there, obviously. Doesn't but matter. who else is there? They've had a they've had an injury. They're equal with the dogs on twelve. The dogs, yeah. mate. If you're going to pick one of those two teams to make the eight, I'm picking Penrith, not Bulldogs. I think they're getting players back though a bit uh, more than please. Penrith. It's not right going to change their philosophy but and the way they play. Moy- losing Moylan's going to uh, hurt. Yeah, well, Dallin will go back there. You know, I, Penrith have got depth. They've got plenty of good young kids. Uh, you know, they've battled through to, to be eighth at the moment, so why wouldn't they? I, I can't see them getting any worse. The only thing that's going to stop them is injuries, obviously. You get too many injuries, it's going to put the brakes on any team. Well, the other question was the hooker situation. We've already answered that, and the other one's probably DC. That's the one that concerns oh, who you. Cares? We're heading to it this weekend. Who cares? I'm who over it. I can't wait for it to be over. I, I can't regardless, wait for it to be either, either way. But... I heard Neil Henry on Sunday talking to Triple M NRL, and he was sort of saying he's not ringing Terry Evans. He, he thinks that he. You know he's not going to definitely not going to convince him now. He's had more than enough time to uh, make up make up his mind, and I, I like the way that he approached it. I think the Titans have handled this professionally. I think I don't like the way that Manly have handled it. Uh, I think you know the fact that they they stuffed the deal to start with, and then you know acted like it, it was almost their right to keep him. You know the fact of the matter is is that if they managed their uh, recruitment and retention of players correctly, the Titans would never have even been in the market for him. He would have never even gone to market. So, 
It's just, yeah. Well, that's the I'm, I'm over right? that's, that's the So f- what have the Titans done wrong in this situation? And, and if anyone's going to be punished in this situation, it's going to be the Titans. That's which the is flaw in the this situation why they're going to change the rule. Because basically it's up to the players who get to leverage themselves. Yeah. And then Manly say, we're going to pay you this much, and he says no. And then the Gold Coast they will pay you this much, and they go yes. And the Manly go, oh, crap, he's serious. Well, that's the free and then they get the choice that they do in the NFL. Then they get they the choice to, to come back. So. do that. They shouldn't be allowed in the first place to get the leverage. It should just be yeah. simple, everything on the table. This is what we're offering. This is what they're offering. It's no problem. Pick one. So, no, I, like, I can't wait. I, when does it end? When technically does it end? It's round 13. So it's round 13. End of this round. Yeah, but what? So end of the round. They said, I think on Saturday when I was listening to the radio, they said 10 days. So I'm guessing it'll go all the way through to the end of the round. Monday or maybe morning. like you know, Wednesday or Tuesday or something like that. What a joke. So. Should be, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I really don't care. I'll be glad when it's done. Mm. Uh, but the, the thing is, the Titans have, have had to wait. They signed him at the end of round one. They've had to wait 12 weeks to even know that they've the contract's going to be lodged before they can make another recruitment move while everyone else is making recruitment moves. It's just stupid. Yeah, well, my opinion will be very different depending on what happens next week. Mate, so. if, he backs, if he backs out, oh. the Titans are in dire straits. If because he, they've if lost he... eight Caesar. They've got a young kid there who is potentially, from what I'm seeing, a superstar. Mm, uh, is very LB, uh, you know they need someone with experience and they need a decent forward pack around him to, to take that club forward if, if Cherry Evans doesn't go there I've got grave concerns for the, the short term future of the if Titans Cherry Evans team. doesn't go there he deserves to be slammed for the rest of his career for the way he's handled the situation and yeah. I'm taking this away from the management team and from everybody at this point in time because if he doesn't know after 12 weeks what he's doing and ultimately whether people hate managers or not I know from having one myself you get the final say this is all on him at this point no shit if he's, he's gone not, backwards he's forwards, he's backwards a, forwards he's not a dog on a leash he smiled about it last weekend when he was on Fox if he was to backflip now after everything and then go oh well I don't deserve this he's totally I just wrong. get the impression that he's liking the attention a little bit I, yeah which is I'm going to have an issue like I said if he backflips now he deserves all the jam he gets for the rest of his time well and then the other the other side of it I sort of think well if he doesn't want to go there, I don't really want him there. No, I don't want him either. But then this shouldn't have happened. He should have cut the cord earlier. They would have had a chance to get the market for somebody else. Yeah. There's still plenty of players in limbo because of it. Oh, look, it'd be it'd be a, a long history of the Titans going for elite players and falling short. They they went for Cameron Smith, they failed. They went for Robbie Farrow, they failed. They went for Cooper Cronk, they failed. You know, if they land any of them, I've got no doubt. You know, you throw Smith or Cronk or... Um, who was the other one I said? Farrah. Farrah, Farrah maybe not as much as the other two, but I think we're definitely a top four team with one of them in our side. Mm. Um, you know, and, and I think this is going to hinge on our, you know, at least our, our uh, final hopes for the next 12 months. If we don't get him, you can, well, you can almost write off this season because they've just dropped so many 50-50 games. If we don't get him next year and you're losing Miles and you're losing Caesar, you know, I've got grave fears of whether we can make the eight next year. So you basically... Uh, making the Titans irrelevant until 2017. Mm, basically, because you have to wait for another cycle of recruitment and then again it comes down yeah. to getting deals across the line. So yeah, could be even longer if you don't push any deals across the line the year after. Yeah. And or financially struggling because you'd have to pay overs maybe to get somebody there to start that role on again. Basically. Which is another knock-on effect. So, uh, Well, particularly when we've we've lost play, like we've got him, and then we've lost Miles and Caesar, and you've gone, okay, that's all right if you're getting Cherry Evans, but if you come up with nothing and then lose Miles and Caesar, you know, it's, it's a double whammy. Mm. Uh, and that wraps up the, the Fast Five. Before we start the reviews, Player of the Year, uh, we've obviously been doing our own version this year. 
doing the points, it's hard to get them up and keep a track of it because obviously we don't get to watch all the games live. You've got to, got to do it when you can. But just an update of who's near the top after I had a look last night. Jonathan Thurston's leading our points. He's on 14. Sheck is second on 13. Moylan's outright third on 12. Obviously, he might be missing for a long period of time now, so that might write him off. But then on 11, we've got Cherry Evans, Dugan, and Benji. So there's a bit of a pattern here, though, much like the Daly M's. When you're someone like Cherry Evans and the few wins they've had, he's basically the guy that gets the points. So he finds himself very high up, considering the fact they're coming last. But, you know, in the games that they've won, he's been absolutely outstanding. So um, it's, it's a bit hard. But some other players off the top of my head, I think, were sitting around the mark. I think Milford's picked up some points the last few weeks. Uh, Benny Hunt, he's sitting around the mark about nine or ten. There's a, there's a couple of guys lurking. Right. Woods in, and Bromwich would be yeah, around there. We've got Woods, Bromwich, and I think uh, Madalena all around on the eight and nine mark. I think Warrior last night was on about seven. Um, some teams, it depends. People take points, especially the Roosters and, and a couple other teams I've got in our point scale there. They've got a lot of guys that have got points. You've got Manly, there's only like three or four players we've given points to yeah. for the wins they've got, so... That's the reason why someone like Cherry Evans finds himself so high up. But uh, getting on to the reviews, we'll start off with the Origin match. Obviously, New South Wales went down 11-10 to 10, um, to Queensland. I thought first half, we were, we were pretty good. Uh, we rolled through the middle of them. Bench was pretty effective. The Dugan try was good. I wasn't happy with the kicking game the whole game. I know it was part of the game plan, but I'm not a big, big fan of that. And second half, I thought we were just completely absent. We went one out. We went missing. Uh, the roll-on disappeared. Their forwards... Were they to get back in the game and take over? Um, we blew our chance to set up for that field goal, as we spoke about. Oh, oh multiple times. Can't believe we didn't take that opportunity. But uh, most most of all, just taking anything out of the game, I just thought we were really negative. The whole game plan, like at that level, with those kind of players, they shouldn't be so robotic and so basic. One outs, playing overs, still in the halves, never finished. No, no, nothing really playing off the cuff. The kicks were negative. Just everything to me was negative. I didn't think we deserved to win. Mm. And that, that's just my opinion. Other people are like, oh, we're so close. We may have been close, but it wasn't close enough. I yeah. think we need to be more aggressive and go for the jug. Get some two-pass going. Get some pairs going around the middle. Push your numbers. Put a play on for Christ's sake. Yeah. All this one-out crap. And in the second half in particular, like it was just so flat and boring. And the kicks were just horrible. And, you know, Billy Slater's not no dumb. He's not going to get bashed inside the 10. You give it to a stronger, younger bloke like Chambers, who had an awesome game, mind you. And the few times we did over-chase for these bombs they put in, he made two line breaks because mm. we shot out of the line. Um, you know, Cooper Cronk picked his moment. He showed you what we need to do when he played square and scored that first try. And, yeah, full wraps, everyone keeps bringing up the defense. The defense was good, but it doesn't matter if you're negative with the ball. You can't win a game unless you're going to score points as well. Yeah, I tend to agree. I, um, the kicking game... I could I could see the reason why they were why they were doing it, but I, I didn't think I thought it wasn't effective. It got to a point where I, I understood it, and it probably served a purpose for a little bit there. It took Billy Slater's effect on the game, on kick return out of it for probably the first twenty to thirty minutes, which was I thought was smart. Uh, but then they persisted with it, and it wasn't working. And uh, we needed we needed a fine grass uh, to win that territorial battle. Obviously, I thought our front rowers were brilliant for the first 30 that's that's the reason we led on the scoreboard I, I think it was solely down to Woods and Tamo they were fantastic Dugan was good I thought Pierce first half was um, as good as any player on the field um, but second half it all changed I, we just came out of the sheds trying to protect that lead almost not, not trying to I mean. go where's, where's the aggressiveness um, and Queensland if you keep them around long enough they're going to bite you and they did I mean we made a 
uh, an error. Robbie Farris threw an offload. They scored in the corner. Uh, there was another one where we made an error. Oh, Hawkinson didn't kick it out on the full. Uh, they then all but Darius Boyd scores out 99 times out of 100. He, he fluffs it and it goes over the sideline. And then, you know, 10 minutes to go, I sort of thought that they were on top of us a little bit. Um, and then we, got we had a few breaks. Yeah, chance, we got a piggyback yeah. and, a, and a couple of chances and we just fluffed it. Uh, you know, there was one occasion there on play three. We were 10 metres out. Hawkinson's in front of the black dot, 15 out. You give him the ball. He kicks it. We're mm. ahead. Uh, we shift to the right. Um, we then take a play back to nowhere near the middle and then we shift it to the left on the last and kick it dead and then Queensland go down and kick field goal. Um, and then even at the end there, we had a chance and, and fluffed it. I, I just feel as though it was almost we needed to get behind to try and chase the game. Uh, while, while ever we were ahead, all we were doing was trying to protect the lead. Whenever When we got behind, we, we probably looked our best. And again, like I said, I don't know if it's the message coming down about what they did, but at that level, you shouldn't be that... Highly strung up, shouldn't be that structured. It shouldn't be that negative. Yeah, we're, we're I, just that, I, I've got an issue with negative. that. I've got a massive. I've got problem. an issue with that. We should be going for the jug. We won last year. Mm. We got the young side. We're the aggressive side. We should be going for the jug. Right yeah, but now. go out, go out and win it. All this side, oh, pay your respects, pay your respects. They didn't even play that well, and yet, like that's no. I, I can say that because well, I, neither did we. I support a lot of those guys that are at that Melbourne side, but honestly, we we let them hang around, and they're the more experienced side, and they yeah. showed that in the end. But we let the forwards get back into it. We let Smith dictate the ruck. I thought he was really, really good. We let Cronk score that try. Took his field goal with ease. Just, and then Will Chambers. Will Chambers was actually brilliant. So yeah, was Hodges yeah. on that right. And that's the other thing. Like Inglis on that left side, him and Boyd, they didn't have a great night. No. He was virtually absent from the game, GI. Um, but yeah, just just looking at it from an overall point of view, that's the main thing I took out for all the bitching and moaning and Hodkinson this and team that. I just thought the game plan's horrible. Yeah. I can't believe at that level you can be so negative and so structured. If you're playing. For New South Wales or Australia or something like that, most of it should just come down to the players that are there. You shouldn't be so well-structured. Like just The amount of one-outs and basic football, it kind of killed the game for me too, to be honest. Yeah. I wanted to see a bit of football. And it wasn't it wasn't the prettiest game I've ever seen. No, nah, and they, that's kind of what killed me. At least they tried a little bit on us. You know, they threw something on us on our line. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the middle of the field, they were using that switch play, trying to catch us on the short side. But it was there. there it was there. I, like, I call them pong games. It's your mm. pong, pong. You know, you just want to bump the ball back, bump the ball back, bump the ball back, wait for someone else to make a mistake. And Queensland know that they don't have a re- great record at ANZ. They know that the conditions don't suit. They traditionally don't start the series that strong. It was their pong game. Let's just hang around. And they did. Um, and New South Wales weren't good enough to put them away. And in the end, Queensland would have been wrapped, you know, with 20 to go. They're in the game. Um, and, you know, they had an opportunity to steal it. Yeah, that well, would have been the whole plan, I, I guess. You know, don't just don't get blown away early. Um, let's just hang in and see if we can't have a chance to win it at the end. And that's what eventuated. I think Cronk, Chambers, Smith, my three two ones for them. Uh, for us, Dugan, I thought was our best. I thought Dave Clemmer was probably second. He wasn't too far off. And then, yeah, Tarmel and Woods were pretty close to the third, I think. Oh, I think Tarmel and Woods were... Clemmer's stint was absolutely brilliant when he came on. He, he was really good in his two stints. But moving on to the Friday night game, the Eels 26-20 to 20 over the Penny Panthers. Uh, before I even got a chance to buy a beer, they were down by 12. Mm. I was kind of blown away, to be honest. I wasn't expecting that when we got there. and uh, didn't get much better with Moylan going off after 10 minutes with the ankle problem. Um, they managed to claw their way back into things, but... Second half there, it seemed that every time they had a chance to, to get right back in front or to kind of pull away, that Parramatta seemed to pull out the play they needed. Yeah, slow start. That was on the back of a you know a very consistent and solid performance from Norman and Sandia. Yeah, slow start, injuries, 
for Penrith. Um, Parramatta, I thought, that's the first NRL game I've watched live all year. I, I was very impressed with Parramatta's defence, their yeah. physicality. Line they speed. hard. Line speed Most, Particularly in the first half, nearly every Penrith four carry uh, landed on their back. Anyone that carried the ball through the middle of the field, they landed on their back. Um, and I thought that it laid a platform for Sandow and Norman, and they were both great. Yeah, and no, probably, I, I, the whole game, I was just waiting for Penrith to win. Yeah, basically, or at least draw even and send it to Golden Point, and it probably could have, should have, would have. But Parramatta's um, grit was good, and they they fought through to the end. They they thoroughly deserved the result, and they took their moments as well. Like there was a moment there where Sandow usually would have self abrupted when they got uh, fifth tackle pressure. He spun away, found space to kick, and forced a drop out. That was one of those moments. I think the the Rad Rara pickup for that try, that's one of those moments he probably could have spilt that. I couldn't believe he picked it up at the speed he was moving. Yeah. But just those little moments that come along for you, I thought they took those. I thought Penrith had a couple um, that didn't quite go their way. It was 14-0 at half time, I think. And yeah. Penrith got it back to 14-all or 16-all or whatever it was. And I thought, oh, here we go. Penrith will run over the top. And another tick in the box for Parramatta was they, they copped that little the period of dollars yeah, from Penrith. Flip. And then they put on two of their own. Yeah, got the job done. Uh, yeah, Cartwright, I thought, was pretty close to Penrith's best. Yeah. Really, really I thought Dallin did on. a good job, under yeah. pre- like having to move and adjust to the game plan and, and all that sort of stuff. He was, I thought he was pretty good as well. Very slippery too, even on the bloody standing there on the and hill before I got on the field. I you don't, you don't understand. Like, it's a Penrith Stadium, and I, I think I mentioned that last week in the preview, that um, it's the conditions are, are difficult, very difficult to play in. At night time, 100%. That's what I, was, I was expecting ANZ Stadium to be like that on Wednesday, but it wasn't. That nah, It was a pretty short night. Dry. That's why I said to you, I yeah. thought we would have actually had a bit more of a go, but we didn't. Mm. Um, Probably just, played more in a Queensland's hands. Yeah, that's why when they started doing those switch plays, I thought that they, they obviously figured out that this yeah. isn't so bad. They, they're throwing a little bit at us, but uh, the Eels, it doesn't get easier for them. They're going to play the Cowboys this week, at home at least, but uh, that's a very big challenge. Penrith, they've got Melbourne. So I, I said to you earlier, I thought Melbourne should have rested their players and focused on that game, but they're too late now. That's at Penrith, so um, even with a couple of losses, they're, they're in for a good chance there. But Saturday, your Titans lost to South 22-16. to I thought they were unlucky. Yeah, um, unlucky, and also... I think there's been a lot of games this year, chances to be honest. Bombed them. So but I think even in general, like, so I'm not going to blame it purely on that, but I think there's a few games that have been a little bit hard done by, yeah. um, that they've been there and things just haven't gone their way, but... If that obstruction try early on from G, I don't know. Other, so some people have said it went further than that run, but it's simple. As soon as he went behind him, the play dies. Mm. You don't get a second chance to run back and beat a couple of guys and get another post. That, if that's a no try, when they scored their one later and only got denied by obstruction, that's inconsistency. Yeah, it is. And that's my problem, like I said, about referees um, in that situation. But thought Caesar was pretty good. Um, you know, getting the ball to James Roberts there for that try. He well, scored, him, I thought him ripper. and Roberts were sensational. Uh, Lock, Lachlan Burr, I'm a big fan of. I know late on he didn't have the best moment when Johnson knocked that footy on. That's but funny. the more first grade he's got, and he's obviously been waiting at the dogs like Carter did and like a lot of forwards have had to because they got that side. I think the more he's played first grade to me now, it's just reaffirmed he's the player that I thought he was um, a couple of years ago yeah. at the Bulldogs. But I thought it was just uh, the Rabbitohs were unconvincing. Um, yeah. They only just scraped in and... You know, that's for me, that's the story of the Titans' season. They just can't close out the results, and we just can't buy any luck, really. Yeah, well, Johnston... But pretty, I'm wrapped with their effort. They're, they're trying hard, the Titans. I thought Luke was probably close to their most enterprising. Thought I thought Greshmore was outstanding. Yeah, he was the other one I was going to bring up. I put him in my points. No one even mentioned him. They all brought Johnston up just for the try save. But Greshmore is the bloke, again, that if you were going to put someone on the bench, if you wanted a bit more for Queensland, I thought if they were going to make a couple of changes this year, he wouldn't have looked out of place. No. He's powerful, he's got leg speed. And the scary thing, like I said before, take away injury, 
and maybe him wanting a change of scenery, which is what his manager said, he'd be there right now at the Cowboys with Tamalola. Yeah. They were together. When I was 20, they were a pair of 17-year-olds. They were terrorising that under 20s comp. Mm. He's, uh, he's just as good, if not... Uh, probably oh, I can't say he's better at this point, but he's very, very bloody good, Chris Gresnell. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Like, they haven't really convinced me too much this year, and I've especially touched on the start here. I thought they'd miss Burgess and T.O. big time that Finesse can't win you a lot of those bigger games, but I think they're still, like I said, 7-5. and five. Mm. And that's basically with Reynolds missing a lot of games as well. So they're not in too bad a spot. No, I don't think they've had a boy yet either. No. Nah. But Rent Reynolds is a huge piece of their team. Sutton, I thought, did a good job there on the weekend as well. But, um, yeah, when they get him back and things are a bit more stable, who, who knows what can happen there. But Saturday again, Canberra versus the Broncos. I enjoyed this game. It was a good game of footy. Uh, no Hodges, no Thido, but no worries. And I think that was proved last week when I was sitting there with the old man watching that Knights game and I looked, uh, even missing their players. They've still got a lot of guys there that have built up some first-grade experience over the last couple of years. So... Um, you know, when you've got Vito, Miranda, Kurt, all those guys have played NRL. Their spine didn't disappear, um, and that was the same as this weekend. Milford, Hunt, McCulloch are all there. Um, Boyd missed for the start of the year, so obviously that's invaluable, even though when he's not playing, it doesn't really make too much of a difference for him. And then the forwards that they've had going through the motions, like your people like Wallace, all these kind of guys, they've played a lot of first grade over the last couple of years. So um, they were down. It was, a, it was an end-to-end game. Oh, it was yeah. an exciting game, and I think the difference was... Uh, obviously, the Marina try rider on half time. That it could have gone one way, went ended up going the other way. Yeah, uh, that's a game changer. Uh, and then there was obviously a late try um, to seal it. But Wayne Bennett, you cracked a smile. You said you it was because of Blake ripped on him. The, the crowd. Blake's bloody sledged him about Grand Torino or something. And Matty Johns, thing that they always give it to give to him. I think Gordon Tallis always brings it up, and Matty Johns obviously to put a bit of crap on Bennett, but. Mm. Um, the interesting part of this game probably wasn't as much on field. It was more off field with Ricky Stewart's. I don't know what he's injured about, to be honest. I, watching the game, I, I, I saw. It seems to me like he he likes to make more of off, things yeah. than what what I, they really are. I like, saw maybe one or two mate, like forward passes, but they go both ways every game in the ruck. And then you know, and you look at you look at Neil Henry. He went in and didn't say a word. No, and then and after, he had every right to be jumping up and down. The big gripe is that they're down there and that the smaller teams don't get the rub of the green. Well, they don't. Of course, they don't. So. That, that's that's the way the game works. They no. don't get the rub of the green. So I don't, I don't know what he's whinging about from that game. I thought simply Broncos showed again why they're right up there with the best defensive records. Yeah. They held Canberra out. Uh, in particular, like we saw at halftime, their defence, and for some reason they kept trying to push that short side corridor. No idea why. Yeah, it's probably a game they've they've fluffed a little, Canberra, like another one that they'll go, you know, that's a game we certainly could have won. They're not origin so, affected. They seem to have played worse with the two opportunities they've had, which doesn't bode well for finals because it's the ones that you should win. They're, yeah, they're, they're not winning at the moment, and it's the ones like the South game where they were like $4 outsiders that they did win. Yeah. So they need to get that balance right, but... Uh, full credit to Brisbane. Thought Benny Hunt and Milford again looking better and better. And McCulloch, I think he's having an outstanding year. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm very impressed by the Broncos. But this week they've got Manly uh, at home, which is a good thing for them. Not a bad game to run into at this point in the year. Canberra, they get Newcastle away. Again, good timing for them, but we'll have to wait and see what they come up with. They just haven't been that convincing. I thought Blake Austin was close to the best again, but bar him, uh, it's, yeah, it's it's been an up and down year, that's for sure. Mm. And especially the last two weeks. But Cowboys, 18 to 14, speaking of Manly, pulled away at the 80th minute. But yeah, they were pushed all the way. There's no doubt about that. Very impressed again by the Trebojevic brothers, Tom and Jake. 
Um, I thought Foran, considering all the time he's had off, he finally looked healthy. He had a really good game. He did, yeah. Brett Stewart. Um, yeah, particularly without DC there. Yeah, but that, yeah, he looked like he was moving again, though. He ran the footy. I think he, he went for over 100. Like Those other games where he'd come back, he was just, yeah, he was clearly he just wasn't right. there, you know? Because yeah. when he's playing his best, he plays direct and he gets his hands on the footy. But full credit to the Cowboys. And of all the people to step up was their origin players after playing. Yeah. Scott grabs a double, has a brilliant game. Morgan chasing down Trebojevic with that try-saver. That's a huge moment. Um, and then you've got JT who threw the final pass to ice the game. So, yeah. Oh, Lachlan Coot again as well. He had a big influence on this game. For me, sort of a grinding game. And then the last 10 minutes, it really just lit up. As I said, it was my highlight. Um, yeah. It was an exciting finish. And they've now nine, nine straight for the Cowboys. But the thing that's probably impressive to me about the Cowboys is they're winning the tight games. Like oh. Previously, they wouldn't have gone on a streak like this. Or they, they might have won... You know, eight out of ten games, but the two games they've lost are the ones, you know, those, yeah, those tight, tight results. You know, um, and it just looks to me like they're getting more and more comfortable in tight situations. I had absolutely no doubt that they were at least going to give themselves a chance. And every time they had the ball in that last ten minutes, they gave themselves a chance. They made, they might have pushed a pass or whatever, but they were definitely had manly at sixes and sevens. Um, and it's just, a, it's a tough loss for me. It's almost again the story of their season. They a lot of effort for, for no result. So, uh, a tough year for the Seagulls, but and much like the, Penner, more you, the more you have to fall sometime. Much like Penrithal, I've got to show some love for them because they've used, well, that, right. they've they've used over 30, yeah. and their halves haven't played together all by maybe one or two games, and even those games, they, they were well, ones How many where, games of their halves actually they were ones played where the full game and four, fit. four and shouldn't have played. Same as Penrith, yeah. So... Uh, and yeah, it's, it's it's been a hard year for me. I really didn't see this coming, to be honest. Even with the injuries, I, I still. Well, oh, the injuries are a no-brainer. Oh, the injuries hurt big time. But I, I think if they're healthy, I don't think they. I don't think they'd be there if they're nah, not healthy. They're not last place if they don't have all these issues. And then the club issues as well, obviously, don't help. Mm. Two via the board and all the bloody gibberish going on there. It just never stops. But nine in a row for the Cowboys. I tell you, the one I've got to give a rap to before we move on. It is Lock and Coot because I was the one saying last year. With all the injuries in the situation, and he probably went there on decent money, that it might have been time with Morgan playing well. Yeah. Well, they at least had to give him a crack. At well, they it. obviously they obviously were pretty confident, and by the looks of things, he's got a hell of a connection with Jonathan Thurston. So there had to be some kind of you know patience there. But I just throw it out there right now. I thought last year they found the piece in Morgan, but him slotting in the six, Coot going there, and now Granville being at nine. I think they found all the pieces. Yeah. They can win them a comp, and Lock and Coot's one of the bigger ones or the more consistent ones this year. He's been absolutely outstanding. Yeah, he's been good. So I've got to give credit to him. It's it's a hard it's a hard trade when you keep getting injured too to keep picking yourself back up. But he's yeah he's been absolutely brilliant for the Cowboys. So full credit to him. They've got the Eels this week away. Manly, like we said before, they're playing the Broncos away, so it doesn't get any easier for them. Uh, Sunday, Newcastle went down to the Warriors, twenty four to twenty. This this game didn't really impress me to be honest. I thought New Zealand were flat, but at least they got the job done. Thought they should have done a number on them to be honest, but. Um, yeah, they were just a bit lackadaisical. I thought Tompkins shouldn't have played at the back. I don't think they should have changed it. And he, he looked busted anyway and not too interested. But uh, Lola here, even though he got pushed to the centres, I thought him and Carthol were both good. Johnson wasn't too bad. Madalino's been great all year, but the other one who's really impressed me since he's gone home is Bodine Thompson. Mm. Um, I was kind of 50-50 on him the whole time he's been over here, but since he's been home, he's been outstanding. Uh, I always liked him, Bodine. Um, he just looks more comfortable this year, though. I thought he was one that got away from the Titans a little bit, but... Well, Ben at Holmes agreed with him. I, yeah. I didn't know how serious he was about the fact that he's been missing home, but Christ Almighty, he's, he's been super consistent since he's moved back there. Yeah. Um, it just... 
I don't, I don't know what to, to make of this game. It just felt flat. It felt like they should have done a number, but every time they got ahead by two tries, they seemed happy to concede. Just really flat. And this is a time of year where they should be kicking on. Um, there's really no excuse from the Warriors. On the night side of things, no Mullen, no Gidley, no Rocco. Roberts goes off after 10. Um, and to it was be honest, a tough performance. I, I thought they were tough, and I thought their halves were good. I thought Randall was good. I, I like Tuam Avado, who is a former Warrior. He knows his job. He runs the football. Um, he's not a noted kicker, but he didn't kick too bad. And the other two that have been their best all year, Tarek Sims was massive again, and Dan Gagai. Yeah. Dan Gagai showed a lot of people the last few weeks have knifed him saying he's not a fullback. If you saw him play when I did at the Broncos 20s as a fullback, you'd disagree. Yeah, he's, um, he's put a bit of weight on now, obviously, to play in the centres, but he is a fullback. If he dropped five again and moved like he used to, he was a Ferrari, but he set a couple of the tries up. He scored one. He's, he's dynamic, and why wouldn't you put your best player in that spot to get the football? Yeah. At the moment, he is their best player, yeah, no so problem. leave him there. Put Mitaudi in the centres. Just they're all calling for Mitaudi. Mitaudi's not even a fullback. He's played all these juniors in the centres. Hmm. So I don't know what everyone's talking about. They don't watch them from juniors, and all of a sudden they're experts when they start playing NRL. Hmm. It's absolutely ridiculous. But um, it's, it's not getting any easier. And now the murmurs are getting louder. But Rick Stone's in trouble. Uh, Nathan, I think it'll be all right. Nathan Brown's been linked to that job, and that was another one of my questions. I was going to ask you earlier for all the talk, and obviously we can't touch too much on the Penrith situation. But if you're Trent Barrett and Nathan Brown. Barrett, difference, obviously it's his first job. If, but if your first job was manly, without Daly Cherubins, without Kieran Foran, would you be interested? And with probably not control of the roster? No. And then on the flip of that, if you're Nathan Brown, on probably your second and final opportunity, the way Newcastle's at the moment, with Scott and these guys moving on the outer, no one going in, and you know not the greatest roster, is that a job you're taking for your second and final chance? Because I'm looking at both of them right now for all the talk. They, would, like, I'm sitting there thinking... Like, people think, oh, well, you know, you're at Penrith, you'd know what Barrett's doing. I've, I've got absolutely no idea. No, like, if just, I see Trent, I'll say good day to him. But I'm taking that out of the equation, just saying, if you're him, and if that's your first job, looking at the circumstances, that's not a first job I want. That's just me. But, if but that also depends on, you know, he, he might not have the same philosophy on it. He might think, you know, he might look at it totally differently. Um well, if you get it, I suppose the other flip is, and that's what I've you know, If you get an NRL job, that's awesome. That's but, yeah, right. I think product placement, like we spoke about before, is also a big thing about being a, a club and saying, yeah, I coached the yeah, NRL I think once so or staying looking at, in the um, NRL. It's his first year as an NRL assistant. Yeah. He was obviously the NYC head coach last year, and um, Ciro was under him. Obviously, now Ciro's gone up, and Barrett's uh, now up with, with Ivan. And. Um, you know, he's in a good environment. And that, that's probably what I'd say to Nathan Brown as well. Like, you're in a good good environment as well with under Bellamy. Melbourne, New South Wales camp um, this year as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't be rushing if, if I'm either of those guys. I'm not rushing to take a job. If if it, if, I'm if I decide Brown. it's the right right fit, then I'm definitely going to go. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Barrett just waits until this whole Cherry Evans situation sorted out. If, if he's got Cherry Evans there, then... You know, it's that's probably a different a job story. Like that's go. insane. But so I think you'll probably hear that you won't hear a lot of lot out of it this week until you know. Well, I'm just putting myself in his shoes. If I'm not going to sign a contract with Manly hmm. if I if I if I think but you know these two halves are leaving. If I'm Nathan Brown, I'm pretty sure that they seeked him out. Melbourne seeked him out. If I'm Nathan Brown, I'm not going anywhere. I'll wait, and I inherit. Oh, Melbourne. look, I think I, I think Newcastle the Melbourne job. Newcastle needs someone like Gus Gould to go in and do a job like he's done at Penrith. Because they're, they're, you know, you look at Penrith, Brisbane, Parramatta, you know, New well, Zealand, Andrew, Andrew and Johns. Newcastle. Andrew they, Johns. they are chock full of juniors up there. Andrew Johns had this talk last week and gave an insight. They had a review. They went in and they said it's called the Newcastle way. They wanted Newcastle coaches. 
80% renew cast with juniors, and he said that's all well and good, but they need to be decent cattle. Well, if that's and the, even if though that's they've, the been case, do, they've been doing that, it's if not, not wielding results. Starting it's a big Garth, Brennan. Garth Brennan's going there. But he's just saying in general, it's one thing to say we but only, only whether, want to stick to Newcastle. Whether Garth wants to go there. Yeah, but do you have the troops? And that's what he hit the nail on the head. It's one thing to say we're going to get all our own local juniors and everything, keep it local, but if it's not getting the job done, mm. you, well, need Gar- to, yeah. you need to expand. But Garth travels down to Penrith. Like, it's a massive trip for him every day. Yeah, um, well, he was the only other one I thought would have got that job if it wasn't Rick Stone, to be honest. Well, he's a Newcastle boy. Last year. And then he was also doing well when he was there at the 20s, so... But, yeah, I, mate, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I was just going I don't know whether I don't know whether Breno wants to go back there, but yeah, but just from the outside point of view, um, for it those two, it makes sense to him in terms of travel and where he lives yeah, and whatever. But, but again, him. you got to look at the roster. You got to look at yeah, you know this is my philosophy. First time job. Am I going to be able to apply that philosophy yeah. within this club? That's the question at every coach. First time ask. job, second time job, club culture situation. Looking at the both of those in both their situations. But I forget about all that. I'm just saying, well, this is what I want to do. This is what I believe in. Do yeah. I have the players to fulfil that if philosophy? Manly, and is the club going to support me in trying to do that? That's what I mean. But if Manly have basically already signalled with Jeff Tuvey that you're not going to get control of the squad. You basically sign your own death. Yeah, okay, so are they saying that because it's two of you or are they just saying that in general? Well, basically, the way they've been talking, that they're in control. They're the ones that wanted to buy Burgess for 700000 or something stupid like that. That's just ridiculous. Well, I'd almost, yeah, if that's the case, I think, then whoever's making the recruitment I just think your decisions should, should sit up and, and coach the side. More I'm getting at, even as a coach, there's a big difference between saying I coached in the NRL once and wanting to stay in the NRL. Like mm-hmm. just taking a job because there's a job open. Look, I think, not I think always... there's, a, there's a way to do recruitment. That you know, you obviously got your people there that are doing recruitment for twenties and first grade and whoever. And that's not, that's never the first grade coach. First grade coach has got the day to day job of coaching the side. However, there there can't be corporates and and no, board but, members but at a first grade CEOs level, you get you get a choice as well are, about who we're chasing. That are making the recruitment decisions without any involvement from. The coaches now there, there needs to be meetings and it needs to be buy-in from everyone. Everyone needs to be on the same page. You know, you need to sit in and uh, get everyone together and nut these things out and make the best decisions for the club on all in all aspects from a holistic perspective, not just because he's a great player or because he's a good bloke or because you know yeah. the different aspects that they're going to bring to your side. You know, and then also it comes down to salary and age and you know Penrith approved that that. You know, there's a whole, whole heap of different arms and legs that go within managing uh, the salary cap. Well, correctly. I think Newcastle, when they talked about their fixing their juniors, I think the juniors are good. I think the juniors like, are good, but what I'm saying is, is my, the same my as issue, my issue, five years ago, these juniors are all leaving and going elsewhere. Yeah, but my issue is not even that. I well, think they're they, not coming through what they should. Yeah, not even that. They don't have the players in first grade. When when's, no, when no, when no, when's the big signing bank for Newcastle? The bloody point. Where's the big outside? But player? Probably there's thinking, no big well, outside. We're player. gonna we're gonna bring all these kids through, so we're gonna have a couple of like years. Scott goes, like they buy yeah, a boy. In which case, there should be bust. well, they, there should be no no talk of sacking Stone if that's the plan. This is what I'm talking about. That's with the point. Coaches so it's got to be we're sitting down with the CEO, and I'm saying to him, right, what are we doing? What's our philosophy? Where are we going? What's our direction? Mate, Gus Gould said to Ivan Cleary, you've got five years. Mm. You're going to have some lean years, but we're going to come out the other end of but it. I'm and talking look at the product now. Where are they? As right soon now, as you sack the coach, you go... 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You go right back and they say, well, I'm not going to, it's going to be two years before I get my team and rah, rah, rah. And you just go around, 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 around in that circle. I mean, look at Parramatta at the moment. Yeah, but what are they doing to help him? They're doing nothing. They're losing players. And that's what I'm You're saying. Not start with, when you take that job, it's got to be buoyant. They're almost just happy to keep what they've got, which is what they've done. Like they signed Mullen after one okay year. He's injured again. And he hasn't had a great time. You can't control injury. They've signed, they're going to sign Snowden again. They want to keep Smith for Christ's sake. He's almost 30-something. They're doing it all the wrong way. If you have the side you've got now, you've got some good kids come through, like Block Lamb, but it also Jack depends. Pogger, Gagai also depends. Is there, is there someone some else out there that you're going to be able to get to come? Well, that's the thing. You've got to try. They don't try. Well, how do you know they're not trying? Well, cross the mighty. You never hear anything about them. But like, oh, we're going yeah, to keep, we'll keep, it, we'll keep it indoors. We'll keep it, it's all well and good. You're not getting anywhere. It's, it, there's only so much you can do internally. You still need to reach outside. I'm not saying they get, need to go buy a, a top five player, a top ten player, and burn their salary cap. But there's some glaring spots there where they basically every like they kept Houston again this year. It almost seemed like just a friendly. Yeah, but then again, they'd be a saying, friendly well, Newcastle. Who, who he was going to be able to get there? He was gone until Rick Stone got the job back, and then it was almost just a comfort signing again. They're stuck in the pattern of the same players year yeah. in year out. They need to get out in the market. But to and, move and someone some on, work. you need to have someone better to come in. But they That's don't even. Point. They didn't even try. It. They just well, you don't know that. You don't know that. Well, you're not hearing any murmurs, and they're not going out. Yeah, they're like, oh, we're happy. What you base your opinion on? You don't know what they're doing. Well, so they might might be doing that, and and in which the only people who are going to know are the people internally. I mean, like they're not. You can't tell me they're sitting there happy losing. They're not happy losing, but this whole the Newcastle way and the big thing that's all well and good. But you need to bring in a couple of key pieces to surround them. And I don't no, think tried. Penrith have done that. They're trying to do it all internally, and that's all well and good. But you need some outside help. And I'm looking at what's leaving the last couple of years and what's come in the door. Nothing's come in the door. That's what I'm saying. There's money there to be spent, and they're not spending it. You need to do something. You need to be aggressive if you want your team to go further. You can't just sit there and wait for a 17-year-old Australian schoolboy to come through. He's a couple of years away. And when he gets there, what, who says that from now to then things don't change for him? What if he's not keen on yeah, football? Yeah, then again, you, you, spend your, you, go and spend your, you go and spend your cap on three or four high-name players, and then this kid gets to 19, he's a superstar, and you don't have the money to pay him. So there's there's a balance in all this. So there's a balance, but he's not he, right now. I'm not saying that. Like I said, they don't have to go pay millions and millions of dollars. But there's better players in certain spots, and they just don't but seem think, to get in the market think, for anyone. I don't think that's rocket science. I think everyone could see that. But whether they want to go there or not, or as you said, whether Newcastle are chasing them or not, is that's yeah, the that's, question. What, that's my whole point. We don't know I don't that. think they are chasing. We don't know that. You never hear anything to do with Newcastle. It just seems very oh, well. This bloke's the, the Scots. Yeah, but you're gone, assuming that we don't we'll know. Keep that. Oh, this bloke's gone, and they're like, "Oh, we will keep it all internal." Well, that's all well and good, but it's well, not. I mean, really they've sharp moved. They've moved Kurt Gidley on, so you know, it's not like they're not moving players on. He's, he's a captain. His his brother's the CEO of the club. They bought in Tarek Sims last year, which was a good signing. You know, obviously they they'd like to have better players on their roster, but you know they've got to want to go there. Yeah, um, but you've also got to try to get them there. Yeah, well, that, that's what we don't know that they're not doing that. I think there's plenty more than enough that I've heard. They're not trying much. They've got this whole internal approach. So they're happy losing. That's they what need to get more aggressive if they're going to move forward. They can't just keep sitting here and letting people leave year to year and relying on what's coming through. They need to add a few bits and pieces to make things better. But 
Well, too Penrith, much, too much time. Penrith, Penrith, move, Penrith moved their best players on. Yeah, I'm not saying up space, Well, that was so. when Matt Elliott stuffed that, though. He spent double what he should have on half well, those you, How do you know what, how much all these Newcastle guys are on? Maybe that's why they're moving guys like Kirk Gidley on. You don't know until you sit down and you get, Mate, the, get the whole picture. Kirk Gidley's an O'Brainer. He should have been gone a couple of years ago. But the same deal. That's the whole, we're comfortable with what we got. That's the only reason he yeah, stayed So you're criticising them for that, and then they're actually, they've moved him on. So they're not, they're yeah, trying to change Three it. years too late, four years too late. Okay, well, better late than never. And then Penrith, you people can say that about Penrith as well. Houston, there's just little there things. There were decisions there. that needed to be made there that were made three years too late. Gagai's the first decent decision that they've chased after in a couple of years. Yeah, well, they, they, they re-signed him. Sims, they get, yeah, off the injury, and his brother's there. It's a bit of a default win. But other than that, well, he's, he's there's been plenty going out. Yeah, he's 100% an origin when he's player. healthy and when he's good to go. But that was almost a no-brainer. They didn't have to put up a fight for him. He was going there because of Corbin. Hmm. I'm saying there's plenty of others that have been what, So that's his sole, sole reason he's going there? He wanted to come back to Sydney to be close to his that's family. Tick number one. Number two, your brother's at Newcastle. Yeah. Tick number two. He moved twice for Ashton. No, they were paired together at Brisbane. They were paired you don't together think at rugby the Cowboys. league. Has any any influence on why he moves? It does, but there's also external factors. But I'm saying they need to get aggressive and join in the market. And yeah. they don't have to go buy someone and pay overs and pay 1.2 million dollars for a top five player. But there's glaring holes in their side or their squad. I think they could do better. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't seem like they're a part of it. They seem comfortable giving the same blokes deals. It's a bit like what Canberra did the last couple of years, keeping a lot of guys around for a long time. There's still dudes there that are slowly getting moved on, but. <laughs> I think they could have done a better well, job. Well, Canberra's the same situation. They, they, they're struggling to get people there. Mm, so what do you do? You can't move people on and have no one come in. What's happened the last two years, though? They've started to move Well, them. they have. They've and got they're kids speed, in, yeah, but they're but starting bought, to get players to go there. externally. They've so, got Caesar coming. You've got Leilua coming. You've got Hodgson in. That's what you need yeah. to do. Now, the yeah, previous year, now they had how many, how many reneged last year on Canberra? Yeah, 100%. But so at least they tried. What do you do? Yeah. You don't see Newcastle out there fucking digging in trying to get players like that as well. Because they're not... You know, out in the papers and on in our gossip. And it's got nothing to do with that. Well, it does because hear, if, you, if that's if mate, that's not the case, then we don't know about we it. We hear plenty more than enough, and there's not too much going on out there. Yeah. I know they've had the club troubles and all that, but if things are stable and they've got their full cap, they're not doing too much. I think it's time that they get into the market and be a bit more aggressive rather than just sitting there. But uh, this weekend they're going to play Canberra. Speaking of, and the Warriors, they're going to play the Rabbitohs. But moving on to Sunday, the other game, the Dragons, forty-two to six over Cronulla. Uh, to be honest, the first 25, it felt like the Sharks tried to do them over in the middle, which is not such a great idea this year because they're well, full that's the That's the Sharks' game, but... But, yeah, you ran into a brick wall, best defence in the comp, uh, and then they just got blown off the park. I thought St. George did a really good job. They just picked them apart. It wasn't a, a flurry of tries. Like they tried to blow them away. They took their opportunities as they came, and um, they just built up a nice total. They, their halves are good. The hooker rotation, like we said, is brilliant. Rain's been really, really good. And then when Lestrange comes on... Uh, he controls things nicely and keeps the middle nice and tight. Uh, Dugan at the back, to have two games like that in the short space of time. And Will Matthews was a guy who's been really impressive as well. Um, you hear him that he's looking at going to the Sharks. If I was him, I'd probably be staying at the Dragons if the option was there. But yeah. I think the Dragons are the form team with the Cowboys, clearly. Um, Sharks, their defence, massive concerns over their defence. Uh, the, the Dragons just strangle you. They're, they're patient, they're disciplined, they complete their sets. Um, and they just grind away. So, good, very good to see Benji. I think, I think there's away. more issues. There's a lot of issues externally at at, the, at uh, Cronulla. There's obviously the Gallon injury and the, the the whole contract situation with him, which still hasn't been resolved. Um, there's obviously the Michael Gordon situation, the relationship between CEO and coach. Uh, you know whether the coach is safe. You, you know the Asada 
stuff that's still lingering, new board or trying to get a new board in, trying at the CEO, trying to pull control back. Um, there's a whole range of issues there that are, I think are having an effect on the way the footy team's playing. But I think the board's well within their right to do what they've been well, doing. Well, they are, not, but not, not what I'm saying is it's, not, it's having an effect on yeah, the team. Yeah, 100% it is, but it's not, the, it's not a boys' club and it's not Flanagan's club. So when he was blowing up, I feel bad for, for Gordon. He's the one who's lost out in this whole situation. Well, I can't believe he's back but there. Flanagan, Flanagan shouldn't be running around doing his own shot because that's the whole reason this whole issue started in the first place. From, what, uh, from what Paul Kent was saying, I, I, I thought for sure Gordon wouldn't play another game there. Mm. Well, there was talk that he was going on stress leave and the Players Association was going to get involved, but... Yeah, that's what I mean. It, it he played on the weekend, eventually. so nothing's yeah. really out in there, but I'm taking nothing away from the Dragons. They they killed them. They absolutely tore them. They did. Limb from limb, defensively, attack, everything looks brilliant. Halves are brilliant, nine, fullback. Forwards have done... They're not undersized, they were just lacking attitude, and they've got that right attitude like we spoke about. When you want to dig in, when you want to get the job done, uh, you know, the contact, the line speed, even their edges, their edge defence is brilliant as well. Just all around right now. Unless they got injuries, I know that their depth probably isn't the greatest. I, I really see them being a contender at the end of the year if they stayed healthy, yeah. if this is the brand of football. And the attack are getting better. So you pair that with the defence, all they've got to do is score an extra try or two a game compared to the start of the year, they're only averaging two. And uh, they'll be right there. Yeah. Really wouldn't be surprised at all. But things wrapped up. Oh, sorry, the Dragons, they play the Dogs this week. Uh, that, that should be a good game going off the form that the Dogs showed the week before against Canberra. And the Sharks, they get the Roosters. So they've been a bit of a bogey side for the Roosters, but if they play anything like they did on the weekend, they can expect to cop the same total of points, that's for sure. Mm. Uh, but Monday finished off with the Roosters, speaking of them, 24-2 to over Melbourne. It was just all one-way traffic. They they made an error from the kickoff and scored straight away, and I thought they were lucky to only lead by 12 at half-time, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I, I said it to a guy at school today, it was... This is the easiest game to sum up. The Melbourne were shadow of themselves. The Roosters were very good. Uh, I, I think the scoreline didn't reflect the game in the fact that the Roosters should have won by a lot more. Mm. There was 60. Um, they just looked faster, stronger. They were relentless. Um, Forwards were brilliant. And the Storm were just dominated in the middle. Simple as that. Um, and I thought Bellamy's comments post-match were refreshing and they were honest and they were true. Yeah, 100%. Soft so as butter. Melbourne are going to have to... It, you know, it signals the fact that the Roosters are on the improve. They had a lot of close losses and they you know, went on a bit of a slide there, but it just proves how good of a side this mob can be um, when they're firing and they'll, they'll get through this origin period and come out the back end of it and they'll be strong at the back end of the year. Yeah. Um, well, you, Melbourne have just got to... This could make or break their season, this little patch here in now. Um, I thought we handled, handled it wrong and I think I said to you already, and I don't know if you agree 100%, but I would have looked to have rested the game after origin and then gone for it the game before they go back into camp to try and get out of that period, basically, three and six. You can't pre-plan for Origin. You, you don't know how the players are going to come back. You don't I get know what that, condition they're all, going to be All in. our key players that come back, all four of the blokes, especially well, the one, they play if you're going If you're going to say that they should have been rested, the, the, the fact of the matter is the, the Storm and the Roosters were the two teams that had the longest turnaround. Yeah, that was like that. It was like a Sunday to Friday turnaround. But I also look at my opponent. So that would be like you saying that we if play, we play on a Sunday and we're playing on a Friday, we're going to rest players. You play Melbourne, right, and you look at the rest of the side. We've got a couple of Kiwi internationals, but there's still some glaring holes there. Uh, they've got like Mann's only a patch-up centre, even though I think he's been good. Maher's got an error in him. Uh, that you know the bench isn't exactly outstanding. You look at the Rooster side; they've basically got the best bench in the comp. Yeah. And then they've got Kiwi internationals like Sheck, Kenny Dow, Orbison, who's played over two hundred games and is more than a decent first grade. I think he's a red player for Christ's sake. He doesn't get the love he deserves. Moa, Rhea Hargreaves, like you go against a side like that, even though they've got uh, red players as well. 
I, I just think that was that was a game I would have rather not put the energy into. I would so have, you just can see that game? Would have, well, somewhat, yeah. yeah. As negative as that sounds, they're 31 years old, the three of them. I think you've got to pick your battles. And we've learnt the hard way last year. We took them to New Zealand, tried to win a game. We never seen to recover. We, we played the whole way through the year and we died in the arse in the forms. Mm. And we did it the year before too. Yeah, it's... Origin, I don't I don't like the effect that Origin has on this period, full stop. So. But especially at the back end of their careers, I think we need I to be don't a lot think, I don't think a club competition should be uh, won and lost based around how you manage players in a foreign environment from another competition. I just it doesn't doesn't make sense to me. But no, anyway. but I think it'd be like saying that the Champions League decides the Premier League in the in the soccer because the scheduling's just so close and you well, know, so somewhat, sometimes it is a bit of an issue this year it didn't end up being but some years teams do go further in all competitions do drop a game or two and yeah but then they change the scheduling around that yeah they but, change but then they get heavier they, loads of games which does yeah, affect well, that's what I'm saying so it does have an effect you know but, but, but then again there's the carrot in the fact that you're successful mm. there's no carrot in this for Melbourne no that's, That's what I'm you're saying. saying. So you're saying, and, and I don't disagree with you. I don't. I don't agree with you. I, don't I just think man- management needs to be better now, and especially, like I said, obviously when they're operating. Until, unless I was sitting there with Craig Bellamy and he's saying to me, "Well, this is this is how Smith came back, and this is how whoever," and then you can make decisions. But you're right. There's, if there's no, there's no gain in it for Melbourne. No. If, if you're going to say, "Well," like like Brad Arthur did last year, Jared Haynes not playing the games after Origin. Full stop. I don't mind that. If that's if that's what you're going to do, do it. And, and make sure you stick to it. And there's got to be reasoning behind it. Uh, and in those weeks off, you want to make sure you're working damn bloody hard to make sure he's he's getting the rehab and the recovery that That's he That's what needs. I mean. I don't want him to come out of this limping at the back end because there's a bigger picture here. Mm. The bigger picture is... But you're also dealing with players who want to play every week. Yeah, well. I get so that as well. There's a lot of different but aspects of They're smart it. enough at this point in time and a lot more mature than what they were when they were younger. Yeah. to understand the circumstances. And to be honest, when we had that side, they were cheating. Well, for this one, I, I can almost forgive them because it's a five-day turnaround. Like, yeah, it's, it's I couldn't get that, Monday. but I was still looking at the Penrith game going, well, then... And then you got a short Today, turnaround. you're in Sydney. They're not going to... No, they've, they've gone home. That, yeah, but those guys aren't going to train for the next two, three days. They're basically going to have a captain's run, I think. This you week. have one session, basically. That's it. Yeah. So I just would have rather go play Penrith and looking at them, like I said, not knocking them at all, but they've got no origin players. They've still got injuries. And then you look at Moylan that going down the weekend. I just would have rather focus my attention during this period and be a little more specific. Like, say, this is quite, we want to try and get out of this period 50 50 mm. rather than doing what we usually do, where the other year we lost eight in a row. Yeah. I just thought we could be a little better with our planning, considering they're all 31 years old this year. Yeah. So that was just my opinion. But, like, the Roosters are loaded. The ben- one of the best benches, all those Kieran Internationals, and a couple of their players didn't uh, weren't as involved, I suppose, minute-wise. So... I just thought it was more up there earlier. It's just a team I wouldn't have been trying to challenge for two points at this time of year. So, mm. picky battles, that's all I'm saying. But Melbourne, they've got Penrith, as I just mentioned, and the Roosters, their bogey side, the Sharks, this weekend. But uh, that's you all done, isn't it? I'm done. Off to training? Yep. Well, there you go. You've got your fast five. We've uh, rolled up a little bit of debate, reviewed the origin, all the games from the weekend. Uh, next up, I'll be joined by Mr. Gossip. Now, it's time for your weekly dose of goss from Mr. Gossip. And we welcome back Mr. Gossip. What's going on, buddy? No, oh, not much, mate. Still um, uh, a bit ticked off about last Friday night, the Panthers and Eels game. But, um, you know, what can you do? 
mate. It's uh, it's pretty hard, isn't it? It's not much you could not much you can do about it. Um, I went down slow start in, in particular. I so said I barely got my first tray of beer, and I turned around. They were down twelve nil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a, a great start in the game. The fans had started a similar way uh, the week prior against Manly, but we're lucky to sort of hold them out. But yeah, I mean. That was a good. It was a good game. It was an entertaining game. Went right down to the end. But um, I thought we were home and hose there when we got. To, I think it was fourteen all. But um, you got to give the Christy sand now. We actually he played good. Um, let's just see if he can do it again back to back. Yeah, him and Norman were both good. I put it down, and I said it weeks ago. I can't blame him when their forwards were playing terribly. I thought uh, on Friday that they were really back to how they were at the start. Here, they were they were aggressive with their line speed. Um, you know, they carried the ball strong. Like they, they, they were back in a big way. So if you've got a platform, it, it's easy for him to play. And he, he had his good moments as well, though. Like there was that one kick he was pressed on the last where usually he would have just done something stupid, but uh, he controlled himself, spun away and put a kick in that forced a repeat set. So I, I thought him and Norman were really, really strong. Yeah, I think it was, it was more so, um, yeah, his options um, on Friday night were much better than what they had been previously. But, yeah. You know, same old thing with, with Paul Chrissy. Um He's just got to maintain that and do it again, you know, uh, week in, week out. But I hope he can do that because, you know, he's, he's off contract and there's not many people knocking on his door. Yeah, it's a bit of an awkward situation for him, but don't worry, mate, you're not alone. Melbourne, uh, Melbourne weren't too great last night, so... <laughs> no, and I, tipped, I tipped them and, um, yeah, he's got a bit of a hiding. When the score could have been a lot more if Maloney had brought his kicking boots, but, yeah, a little problem there for the Chooks with their goal kicking at the moment. Yeah, and uh, I think he's, he's still got a pretty high percentage, I think, just because they've scored so many tries this year. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you don't usually see him miss that many, that's for sure. He's a sharpshooter. Yeah. I saw Smitty's, I Smitty's record last night almost fell over. Usually he's bloody awful, like mid-60s. He's kicking at 87 this year. Oh, maybe they're not scoring enough tries, I don't know. <laughs> I, he was 30, 32 from 37. I almost fell off the lounge when I saw that. I was like, oh... <laughs> Yeah, it's got to be a career high for him, for you, sure. Usually he goes week to week. Some weeks he's just like, I can't be bothered to do this, and then he'll have a shocker. The next week he'll kick all of them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Origin, uh, obviously a bit of a letdown for us, mate. We, we got done by one point. Do you have an opinion on the game? Uh, not really. Um, I think everything's sort of been said, but look, I, I, I think a lot of people are guilty of over-analysing, I think, the game. Um, Origin's such a, a fast-tempo game that, you know, the side that sort of makes more of its opportunities tends to win the game. And I think Queensland just really had, had the luck of the bounce, really. I didn't, I didn't think New South Wales were that bad. Yes, I guess I made that, 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 that bad decision to, to run it right on the, on the last few minutes of, sort of going for field goal. But, you know, if, if it had it paid off, we, we'd be singing their praises. But, you know, off the game too. And it'd be interesting to see if, if, if Lotha sticks with, uh, with the side. Yeah, I think my only downside, and I said this to Brock, uh, we defended brilliantly, sure. Um, we, we definitely stuffed up not taking the field goal, but I just think we're really negative. Like, at that level, I, I think the range should be freed up. Like When you've got all the best players playing in those t- those games, they don't need a whole lot of structure. And um, We definitely didn't play like we were the title holders. Like The first half, we dominated in the middle, but the second half, it was just one out after one out. The, the kicking plan, I understand, to bomb Slater and try and trap him because it's hard to find grass. But I just thought overall we should have been more aggressive. I thought we were just really negative. And that, that's just the game plan. Yeah, I thought 
well, Homan, not Homan, Hose, but I thought, well, obviously, definitely the better side after 40 minutes. Yeah. And then the, the, it's, it sort of changed when when Farrah made that dart from dummy half and was in space and no one was really backing him up, so we threw the pass anyway. And I think Mitchell Pearce, for memory, uh, knocked it on and everyone's head sort of went down and they sort of played like buttons for the rest of it. And yeah, look, it's not over yet, mate. Oh, no, no, well, no doubt. But I just like to think that we'd be a little more aggressive. We're, we're the title holders. Yeah. Um, we established ourselves in the first half, and I really thought they'd come out and give it to them. But we were just so flat, and the one-outs and the kicking and the errors. Like, it, yeah, I just I just really thought we should have gone for the jug, pushed in twos. Like, not saying we had to throw the football around dramatically and move it a lot, but more than what we were doing, we were just one out into a kick. And, um, yeah, just at that level, well, you've got to have more confidence. You shouldn't be playing that so boring and so structured with those kind of players, it just seemed negative to me. Yeah. It's, look, it's going to take a, a, a huge, huge display from New South Wales to win the series now, to win one in Melbourne and one in Queensland. Oh, big time, and especially um, Melbourne's a Queensland stronghold, basically, because not not even just the Storm and the Queensland players there, just in general, the whole state battle, us and Victoria or Melbourne have got that issue of, oh, we're the better state, we've got this, we've got that, so we're not exactly best mates with them. <laughs> Yeah, it'll still be a close one, I think, though. Yeah, 100%. But what about the gossip tonight, mate? Not too much cooking, but what is there? Oh, yeah, not, not a lot going on, mate, because of, because of Origin. It tends to die down a little bit. But um, look, I guess the, the biggest news, and I think it was confirmed today, was that um, the round 13 rule's been scrapped, which is, you know, fantastic news for everybody, especially with the Daly Cherry Evans saga. I think that's really uh, put the nail in the coffin for the NRL. But... Um, it's obviously going to be replaced now with just a, a simple 10-day cooling-off period um, after signing. So, um, look, it's good for us. It might, we mightn't have as much to talk about next year with backflips and things like that, but I think, um, all in all, I think it's much better for the game. Oh, 100%. It's like when I sold houses, the old 10-day cooling-off period. And if you pull out after that, then, then you fall for your 10%. Good times. Yeah, exactly. But, exactly. Um, but uh, I don't think anything negative comes from that. I, I reckon it's good enough when you hear about a signing, but it's not good when you have to wait for 12 weeks as a fan or a club. It, this year, that, that situation has really put the gun to the head of a lot of clubs. There's a lot of moves that are going to happen in a short space of time after this is resolved, and it, it's all because of Daily Cherry Evans. That's right. It's, it's so much more to it than, than you know just the, the players or the fans. You know, you got you got sponsors who are looking at you know, wanting to be part of a club, but, you know, there's, there's a, a, a three-month period there where they're not sure who's going to be on the roster. and So there's, there's money potentially being lost from clubs because of the rules. So this will tighten everything up a little bit and, and just make everything a little bit more 100%, you know? Yeah, I totally agree, mate. All right, mate, look, we'll move on to... There's a lot of um, rooms at the moment about uh, Rick Stone. We know the Knights are playing like buttons at the moment. Um, rumours that he is um, on the outer and that Nathan Brown is being mentioned. But um, now a couple of people up in Newcastle and um, they strongly deny any rumour. In fact, you know, Rick Stone, obviously a local boy, um, he's not going anywhere. I, I think even if they lost um, 80% of their games for the rest of the year, I think he'd, he'd still be retained for the following year. But um, I, I'm not too sure why Nathan, Nathan Brown's name was even mentioned, to be honest. But um, look, I think Rick Stone's doing a, a fairly decent job. He's, he's trying to change the, the club and the culture around from, from what Wayne Bennett had. Yes, Rick Stone's uh, been there before, but I think he's I think he's done well, especially that first five rounds. And you look at 
the roster that they've got. It's not the best roster. Um, I don't know, mate. What are your thoughts? you think they should be doing better with the roster they've got? Or? Not really. And me and Brock had an argument about it earlier. Um, I said that to, <laughs> me, to me they've lost players over the past couple of years and they've, they've been a little bit like the Titans and a few other clubs to me where they've just signed players instead of going out in the market competing for ones. Like, um, you know, Bennett didn't re-sign Houston, then Rick Stone re-signed him. He's been on and off, you know, his games haven't been bad, but there just seems to be some people there that are part of the furniture and they never seem to be involved in the play market. Um, you know, they want to keep Jeremy Smith. He's not playing bad, but he's 34 years old. Kurt Gidley probably played three or four years too long. There's a couple of people there that it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't know about you, if you agree or not, but when's the last time they really hit the market? Like, uh, I know Boyd was a flop, but he left. Uh, obviously, Bo Scott, one of their bigger names, is leaving. Leilu is one of their better players. He's leaving. Uh, every, a couple of people said Sims, but they almost got Sims on a technicality of his brother being there, plus the fact he just wanted to come back to Sydney. And yeah, they, You're right, they haven't really gone... No, nah, but market and bought a, and bought a, I guess a superstar. And not, um, not even a superstar, just general recruitment. Like there's spots like the Houston spot where I look at, and there's probably spots where you can upgrade all the way through their roster. But it always seems they just even the Mullen situation. Like he played one good year, good on him, but he gets a deal for life after that. Like you, you never really see them in the market exploring or trying to gain. They always seem to be really happy with what's going on internally. And um, I know they've got a big junior pool and. They've been doing better in that circumstance the last few years, but some of those blokes aren't going to come through and, and fix things in the next 12 months. Yeah, I know. You know, they've, they've proven uh, at the start of this year that they can do it. I don't think winning five games in a row is a fluke, like some people are saying. It's the NRL. You don't win five games in a row by fluke. No, no, yeah. <laughs> so, but I think keeping Gagai is a good move, but, yeah, like, things like Gidley... Uh, you know, house. There's a few. There's a few blokes there that have been there too long. Just part of the furniture. And like, you, you look at blokes like Ethan Lowe that come onto the market. They don't dip in for. And there's a couple other like, not, not like I said, doesn't even have to be a top five or a top ten player. But I think there's plenty of positions where they could improve, and they just never seem to be a part of the argument. Yeah, and I agree. They've got a, right, a, a system called the the Newcastle way, which I've heard about, where they want. Mostly to grow internally, which is much like Penrith, but even Penrith, like the Jamie Soward buy, they didn't go out and break the bank for him, but it was a smart buy and it was needed, you know what I mean? And um, Sikamanu, they didn't have to break the bank again, or Lewis Brown, but just shrewd buys like that to go along with your juniors, it showed at Penrith what it can do, and they just don't seem to be uh, following that mould. They just seem to continually stick with what's there, and they bring a player through here or there, but they haven't uh, progressed it anywhere in the last, you know couple of years, had that one really good run in the finals, but other than that, there's not much to speak of. Yeah, it's been a few, it's been a long time between drinks for around 2001, I think, 2002, last time they won a grand final against Parramatta, so it's been a while now. Yeah. Uh, people in Newcastle are hungry, and um, if there's one club that can turn around, it'll be Newcastle, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm and, sure they'll be back up there. And I hope they do, because I've grown up with the strong side that was always in the top eight. Yeah, that's right, exactly. All right, mate, well, we're in origin time now, and this is the time where we usually start talking coaches. We haven't had any fact this year, which is uh, sort of strange. We usually have had one gone by now. Um, who's the first to go? Uh, it looks like it's going to be Jeff Tooby, unfortunately. Um, I guess if, if you had have asked anybody at the end of last season, would Jeff Tooby be the first to go? You'd, you'd be laughed at, but um, it's a very strange situation. They've got it manly at the moment. Um, look, some people are saying he's got until next Friday to prove himself or he's gone. 
I think all that sort of talks just complete nonsense. I think the marriage is already on the rocks, and it's only a matter of time before before he goes. But geez, uh, I, I wouldn't want to be a, a coach going into that position with that dysfunctional board and the culture at the moment. There is not that great. You'd have to be an absolute dead set superstar of a coach um, to take on Manly. But look, then the, their eyes are on Trent Barrett. Um, you know, he's, he's come through a good system, I guess. Personally, I don't, I don't necessarily think he's ready. But um, if, if he gets the opportunity, then you, I guess you can't, you can't blame him for going for it. There's not a, not a whole lot of other positions going at the moment in NRL for first grade coaches. But um, I don't know. It's a, it's a strange one for Trent. I just, yeah, as I said, you'd want to be, they'd want to have a good coach. I think an experienced first grade coach. Yeah, and I said this to Brock earlier, he didn't really want to get too involved in it, but my whole deal with him and the Nathan Brown rumours was simply, if you're a first-time coach, it's a a big thing. If it goes wrong, it's a long time between drinks, and you can ask somebody, like, uh, you know, not so much a Jason Taylor, but you ask a, a Mick Potter where he is now, or you look at the situation that Nathan Brown faced after the first time, that takes a long time usually to rebuild your rep, so... Um, do you want to be a say I coached in the NRL or do you, do you want to be a long term coach? That wouldn't be the ideal first job, especially with no foreign, no Cherry Evans. So basically, you have no halves, and if the board's going to continue the same attitude of we do the recruitment, not you, uh, I reckon you're almost signing your own death warrant. Yeah, absolutely. And he's in the Panthers system at the moment. Obviously, Ivan Cleary, he's not going to be there forever. Yeah. Um, you'd think that would be the more smarter move for him just to, to, to he's young so just yeah, stick, to stick to behind it. Ivan you know he knows the systems there and he knows the culture but just to go to a complete different club that isn't a model despite what anyone says yeah. it's just wow it's, a, it's, it's, it's not exactly the Paul Green situation where he'd been in a good system uh, the first job that popped up was the Cowboys job that, that's a brilliant job to get your hands on but yeah, I think you've got to pick your jobs wisely because it can be enough to ruin you. Um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I can't see any any coach in the NRL really that could turn Manly around. It. No, you, and but, I guess that says a lot for Jeff. I, I do rate Jeff. You, you don't just lose your ability to coach in a few months. No, and you don't get a sixty percent winning <laughs> record, even though they've had a you know I know they've had a pretty decent side, but you still have to do your job for them to win. So. He's been in a grand final. He's been in the final series all every year he's been there. This year, they've been absolutely cruel as far as injuries and all the other decisions last year weren't his fault either. That was the club. So he, he's, right, he's yeah. basically fallen on it. They're basically forcing a sword into his stomach right now. He, he hasn't had too much to do with it. Yeah, and, I'm um, the Manly fan. I'd be absolutely filthy with the club. Much the same again. He's, like, he's, forget that he's a club legend anyway. Yeah. And just the way he's been treated is just, just, just rubbish. You want to talk about product placement right now? A job like this, when they sit, mention Cartwright, or I thought straight away that that's suitable if you've already coached for 15 years and you're willing to take a job like that. You, there's not much risk for him, you know? You'd probably, right. you'd probably get another assistance gig, or if he got the sack, it wouldn't be a big deal. He's done it for so long. But if you're just starting out like Barrett, it's a, ask Nathan Brown. It's enough to set you back when you get the wrong job. And um, even in his situation, when he was mentioned with a Newcastle job, I'm sure he'd want to end up in a better situation at the moment. And um, much the same as what you said about Barrett, I reckon that Melbourne job, it's going to be available after the end of next Bellamy's contract. Yeah, well, that's, that's a good point, yeah. They didn't bring Nathan Brown there just for hugs and kisses, you know, to, to do a, a side job. He's involved with the Blues. Uh, they've obviously got big wraps on him. 
back from St. Helens. They went after him, I'm pretty sure. So if he'd be willing to sit there for a year or two, whatever time's left, I'm pretty sure he'd almost walk into the Melbourne job. Yeah, well, he, he, like you say, he, he, he did very well at St. Helens. He had a, I guess, a half-decent roster at St. Helens. Definitely didn't have the best roster. No, and, and he turned Huddersfield into a, a challenger as well, uh, consistently. So I, I think, again, product placement, especially for a second job and a first job, like you have to be really smart. So if I'm Barrett, I'm with you. I'd probably hang out for another year or two and see what happens. And if I was Nathan Brown, I, I, I'm sure Melbourne, behind the scenes, would have an idea of what's going on. He, he'd be there... Definitely with an opportunity because Bellamy's definitely not staying. He's already said that next contract is over. That, 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 that's him done. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, mate. Last one for the night. Um, still on Manly, and now it's, it's no great surprise. I've been hearing about this in the media for some weeks now that um, they're keen uh, for Todd Carney. Those negotiations are still happening, um, and those negotiations will continue even if Daly Cherry even does do the back backflip because obviously they're going to need someone to replace Foran. Yeah. Um, but man, Manly are being smart. They're not offering a whole lot of money. Um, but I've also heard that David Riolo, um, Todd Carney's uh, manager, has also gotten in talks with Phil Gould from Penrith. Obviously, we know that Penrith went after Carney hard, um, but just missed out the last sort of hour, and Carney ended up signing with Cronulla. Um, and Gus, in no certain terms, has, has said, no, we don't want Todd at our club. You had your chance. Goodbye. So, um, obviously, Riolo is looking at, at clubs, but, you know, as a good manager does, is looking for the money. But <laughs> I don't think there's many clubs that can that, that are out there that can be flushing the kind of money that, that he wants. And rightly so. He shouldn't be offered. No. Um, and I, I, was, I was happy to say that Manly were after him because I want him here. But, yeah, there's definitely no way he's got any pull in the money circumstances, I reckon he's really got two choices to make here. He either retires over there, where he's getting paid you know, pretty well, or he comes back here still, I'm, I'm sure, on 300 or something like that. He would no way he's going to get the 750 or that kind of mark he had before. But uh, if he's going to come back here, it'll still be good money, not by you know top contract standards for him, but uh, that, that's his own fault. You can't get sacked from three clubs and expect to come back on the same coin. It's just whether he wants to try and right the wrongs again and win a comp and prove himself, but that's yet to be seen. That's right. And then as NRL fans, have we really missed him? You know? <laughs> I, I certainly haven't. Yeah, I watched the game the other day and he absolutely carved up and again, but then, yeah, he's been, he got injured this week and it's also that I look at and think he's closer to 30. He had hamstring problems while he's here. He's had a bad run over there with injuries so far. Like, is it really, really something you want to want to take a gamble on or would you rather just look for a half here? Like, um, yeah. it's just one of those we've situations seen, we've probably already seen the best of Todd Carney I would think mm, only at the right price if I was man there I'd be happy with that but yeah it definitely been a, a cut rate compared to last time that's for sure yeah um, I got uh, one tweet here that was sent just before we kicked off people asking about Trent Merrin obviously Dragon's going fantastically well at the moment and you, I guess you couldn't blame Trent if um, he wanted to backflip, but I can tell you that he will not backflip. He will be at Penrith next year. There is no chance of him at all doing a backflip. Great guy, Trent, off the field, and he's a man of his word, and um, yeah, he will be at Penrith next year, but wow, he's having a good year. Like I said, I was impressed with the way that Sheck handled his. They cut ties immediately. There was no negotiations. It was simple. I'm going to New Zealand. Um, you know, much the same with Kieran Foran, despite all the drama anytime it's been brought up, he said, I signed a contract with Parramatta, so I'll give credit to those guys, and same as Trent Merrin, just sticking to your guns. Yeah, be a man, man of your word, if you're going to do something, do it. 
hundred percent, mate. And if you like I said about the Cherry Evans thing, after twelve weeks, if you don't know what you're doing, you should uppercut yourself. Yeah, it feels like he's just showboating. It's the Daly Cherry Evans show, mate. You know, climb off your high horse, son. Very, very disappointing. But uh, heading into the tips, champion, the last week, um, inclu- we included the Origin game, so we had a round of eight. Uh, you got four, I got five. I, I think the only difference we had really was the, the Storm Roosters game. I took the Chooks, you took the Storm. So that takes you up to 52. I'm on 49. So I got one back, but you still got a nice little buffer. Here he comes. Oh, I don't know. It's, it's a decent buffer three. It's hard to peg it back this time of year too. <laughs> But uh, we jump into the tips this week, and we've also obviously got the odds, as always, thanks to WilliamHill.com, formerly known as SportingBet.com. So if you had an account with SportingBet, it still exists with William Hill. And uh, if you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure it's with WilliamHill.com. But Friday, Suncorp Stadium, it's the Brisbane Broncos versus Manly. Uh, Manly not having the best run of late, but I think they've been playing well, considering uh, the tough circumstances. But... Um, the Broncos red hot. I, I have to stick with the Broncos. Yeah, obviously um, the Broncos and Dragons uh, form teams of the comp. But as you said, they mainly aren't too far away. No. Um, forget about their position on the ladder. They've, geez, they've lost a few games by well, they lost against Penrith by one point the other week. So and then you got to think um, about they're about the halves. Uh, they haven't had their halves together all year. When Forum was playing those first few games last time, he wasn't healthy. He wasn't even running the ball. So. Um, them and Penrith have been the two most heavy hit by injury. They're both used 30-plus players now. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, you can't win comps doing it right. But look, I'm going to stick with the Broncos. Their form is just too hard at the moment, but expect a close one. 100%. And the odds heavily in their favour, thirty-five for the Brisbane Broncos, three twenty-five for Manly. Uh, the line is minus 8.5. Uh, if you like your chances here with a 1-12 to market, you get $3.05 for Brisbane. Four seventy-five for Manly, thirteen plus two dollars thirty for Brisbane, eight dollars for Manly. Uh, the second Friday night game is at Leichhardt. It's the Tigers versus the Titans. Uh, no Robbie Farah, been pretty poor of late as well. I, I really think the Titans have been hard, hard of luck. They haven't had much for their way, but I think they're playing tough. And I'm going to tip the upset here. And even though it's at Leichhardt, I think that's insane by my measure, but. Just the attitude towards their football, I see a big contrast between the two, and I'm willing back, willing to back the Titans in. Yeah, look, the Tigers have really got to um, turn their season around against the Titans. As you said, Farah, even Moses, they haven't really been playing that well. They've been out-muscled in a lot of games. Um, I'm going to stick with the Tigers only because they are at Leichhardt. Um, the Titans traditionally don't travel all that well, but... Yeah, wow. Another one I think is going to be a close game. Could even be a golden point, this one. Yeah, I just, I really think the Gold Coast Titans have been a little bit hard done by in a few games, but they're playing tough, so uh, I'm going to stick with. I was impressed with what I saw last week, but they're $2.25 outsiders, the Titans. The Tigers are a $1.65 favourite at home. Minus 3.5 is the line. Uh, if you like your 1-12 to 12 markets there, they're pretty close. $3.95 for the Titans, three fifteen for West. Uh, the over and unders on the total game score of 40 and a half, I think you could probably go over with the way these two score points. So I, I don't mind that market. But Saturday kicks off at Hunter Stadium. It's the Newcastle Knights versus the Raiders. Newcastle, pretty gritty last week, considering a couple of changes, but uh, I'm still not awfully impressed. Canberra really, really let themselves down, giving up two victories that weren't shoe-ins, but were very good opportunities to keep pushing for the eight. But they're unchanged again. 
and I'm still I've been really impressed by Newcastle. So I'm going to stick with the Raiders, but not with too much faith. Yeah, both clubs are desperate for a win. Um, yeah, <laughs> another one that should be close. Um, I'm going to go the Raiders as well, um, only because I think overall um, I think they've been better performers than the Knights. Um, but yeah, well, not, with not much confidence. No, that's a, that's a hard one to pick, and uh, the bookie's pretty similar here. A dollar eighty for Newcastle, two dollars for Canberra. I think purely because they're at home, they're the favourites. Minus one and a half is the line. Uh, your one to twelve market looks pretty good for this one. Three forty-five for the Knights, three sixty-five for the Raiders. And moving on again, we've got a game over in WA this week at NIB Stadium. It's the South Senior Abbotts versus the Warriors. This is starting to become an annual clash uh, over that way. The Warriors a bit lackluster last week, but they got the job done. Um, Souths, you know, they've been punching along, but missing Reynolds hurts. GI hasn't exactly been outstanding, but they've found a way to grab some wins and keep themselves in the eight. What do you reckon, mate? Do you think the Warriors can come over here and push them to the limit, or do you think Souths have got the wood on? Yeah, no, I don't, I don't like giving the Warriors um, away from home. I'll, I'll stick with the Bunnies, but geez, I tell you what, this, this, this round's probably the hardest round we've had this year to pick. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go the Bunnies. Um, Warriors, also, also, although they're coming off a win, um, they played Newcastle, who were just terrible, so the Warriors don't have great form either, so I talk myself into tipping the Bunnies. I, I, I tipped the Warriors, I think, the last two times they've been there, and the first game they should have won, they just lost. The second one they led early on and then got blown away. Um, I, I, like I said, South didn't really impress me. I still think they're they're struggling a little bit. Uh, you know, the Warriors much the same. That they were lackadaisical, but I still think they've got the, one of the sides that if things click and everything goes well, they can definitely challenge. So yeah, I'm going to stick. I, yeah, I know, it's it's really annoying. I'm going to stick with them, even though they've burned me twice at NIB, but I'm going to go the Warriors. They'll probably end up getting towed by 30, but yeah. <laughs> and the odds we got for that one, the Rabbitohs, they're $1.65 favourites, $2.25 about the Warriors. Minus 3.5 is the line. Again, I think it's a 1-12 to game. $3.15 for Souths, uh, $3.95 for the Warriors. The over-under market I do like, over 38.5 points at $1.90. I think that one will be a high-scoring affair between two teams that can score a try. But we move on to the final game on Saturday. It's our team's clashing. The Penny Panthers versus the Melbourne Storm at Pepper Stadium. Um, Melbourne coming off a disappointing loss, as are the Pennies. I really thought we should have rested our players. But, you know, now that Sowd's under a bit of an injury cloud but is said to be playing, Moyle and I'm, I'm going to stick with Melbourne. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Melbourne were a bit sluggish and Penrith gave them a decent run for their money. Yeah, look. Dean Vare comes back into the side, which um, is fantastic for Penrith. He, he really um, helps us out with scoring points and defending him as well. I'm glad uh, Wunga Blake's um, out of the centres. He's ha- having uh, major issues defensively, personally, I think, and he's been shifted to the wing now to allow Vare back in. Um, yeah, I love my pennies, but yes, it's, it's going to be hard. Hard for him to beat Melbourne, I think. Um, I'm going to stick with Melbourne, I think. Um, but wow, <laughs> I know I keep saying it, but another one is hard to pick. Mate, um, it's an absolute shocker of a round to pick, that's for is. sure. It's, yeah, wow. Yeah, if, you can get a, if you can get a full round this week, anybody out there, I'd tell you, you're dead for yeah, take a photo and send it to us if you do. We'll try and set you up with a prize or, or something. I'll, I'll figure something out if you get a perfect round. But 
The Penny Panthers, yeah. they're outsiders at home. They're $2.15. Melbourne, $1.70. Favourites, uh, minus 2.5 is the line. I can definitely see this being a scrap. So the 1-12 to market of 3.35 for Melbourne, 3.75 for the Pennies. And the overs, unders, 39.5. I reckon unders, especially if it's a late game. If anyone's ever been to Penrith like on Friday night, it looks dead set like someone's put the hose to it at night time. It's a, it's a really hard place to try and chalk up some points. So I think Melbourne might make this a bit of a grind. And then we've yep. got the yep. Sunday kicking off at Ramondas. It's the Sharks versus the Roosters. It may be their bogey side, and Gallon may be back, but there's no way I'm going to be tipping the Sharks. I'm sticking with the Chilks. Yeah, it feels like only a couple of weeks ago. It's crazy, the draw, how it is this year. But, um, yeah, I'm going to count the Chilks as well. Um, Sharks really not showing anything this year. Um, that's to be expected, really. Yeah. Um, well. Yeah, and they're not not in the same situation at the moment as they were. The old Sharkies are a bit low on confidence. There's a little bit still going on the club, I think, with the board and the coach. And, uh, yeah, the, the Paul Gallen's deal supposedly done. There's just a few lingering things, and they just can't score points. So um, the Roosters really gave it to Melbourne. I think they'll be very keen, especially to avenge what happened to them earlier on the year, where the Sharks simply just gave it to them, basically. Yeah. But uh, the Roosters, heavy favourites, $1.35. The Sharkies, $3.25. Uh, minus eight and a half is a line. I think I like the Chooks by thirteen plus here at two dollars thirty. The over unders at a dollar ninety. If the Chookies get the win, I think you'll get overs on that one. But yeah, if the Sharks turn it into an ugg fest, you might get the unders at the thirty nine and a half. But uh, there's two Monday games this week due to the long weekend for the Queen's birthday. The first one is the Dogs versus the Dragons. This should be a decent game if the Dogs turn up and play like they did against Canberra. Uh, James Graham comes back and obviously they get their origin players back in there and Bayer pushes to the centres and uh, Hodkinson joins Reynolds again but I just think that I've been super impressed by the Dragons. I think their halves at the moment on form are the best halves in the comp and defensively they're just it's one of those things you can't teach. Defence is an attitude and the way they're playing at the moment defensively and they're starting to get better with their attack. I have to stick with the Dragons. Yeah, look, it just, it's the Dragons of 2010 when they won the Premiership which you know, everything's focused on defence and anything that comes off that's a bonus and, uh, you know, it's a, it's an easy model but um, they're doing it and doing it better than everyone else and, you know, the style of rugby league's changed obviously over the years but it's one thing that has and that's defence wins games and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm loving the Dragons uh, watching them play at the moment. I'm, I'm a big a big fan of the D and I mean defence boys out there. But, um <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to tip the Dragons. Um, should be close on that. Bulldogs will, will be better with Graham back in the side. Um, it's a shame um, Embiid's not in the halves. I think he's a much better six than Reynolds. But, um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Well, I think even their fans are starting to catch on fire now. That They, they want Hodkinson to be let go because he's off contract for that. So, um, he, yeah. he's definitely proven himself old Moses. And I'm a big fan, but... The doggies, their favourites here, a dollar eighty. The dragons, two dollars outsiders, minus one and a half. The line, so the bookies are with us. I think it's going to be tight. The one to twelve market looks good, three dollars forty-five if you like the dogs, three sixty-five if you like the dragons. But it wraps up with Parramatta versus the Cowboys. It's at Pertec, but that's not enough. Ten in a row seems like a hell of a stretch, and they've played a lot of football. But I have to go to the Cowboys. They've just been too good. Yeah, Parramatta. They just don't win back to back. I don't think they've done it at all this year. I could be wrong, but I can't remember them winning back-to-back. Um, 
Mate Bow, he's either he's gold dust or he's cat poo. So um, we'll see what he's like on Monday night. <laughs> but yeah, the Cowboys. Wow, I'm going for. A, I think they've just eclipsed the club record, just beating it. So yeah. Um, what what a, what a what a massive year for the Cowboys who who started the year looking like bludgers. Um, and even even their own press and the papers up there in the Courier Mail were we're ready to put the knives in the Cowboys, but they've certainly turned it around. And I think I'm smelling it could be their year, mate. Yeah, especially if they time things right. You obviously want to flatten out a little bit before the finals, but um, they're banking the points. And I think simple: if they get top four and they can't win the comp, it's all on them. If they get a home final win week one and come to the final four. Uh, they're as good a chance as anyone, but they haven't done that in the last few years. This year, it's really looking like they're going to be in that situation. But they are heavy favourites, $1.50. Para at home, $2.60. Minus six is the line. Uh, I don't know about 13 plus. I like the 1 to 12 is probably for the Cowboys, just because they've played a lot of football, especially their rep players. Uh, $3.10 for the Cows, four fifteen for the Eels. But the tips, mate, we've got six the same. You've gone Tigers, I've gone Titans, though. You've gone Bunnies, I've gone Warriors. So potential to either have a split or for someone to grab a lead. But all those odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com. Remember, if you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure it's with William Hill and keep your eyes out for our pick-the-score competitions over the games on the weekend on the NRL Gossip page so you have your chance to win a free $100 bet thanks to William Hill. But thanks, as always, champion for the gossip. Pennies versus Storm. Uh, good luck to both sides, but I really hope Melbourne win, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Now, worries, mate. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks, buddy. Cheers. A big thanks, as always, to Mr. Gossip. Catch up on him at Twitter. His handle, at NRL Gossip, and on Facebook, type in NRL Gossip into the search bar and WilliamHill.com for all their odds. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL, make sure it's with WilliamHill.com. And to take advantage of those odds, use our service, the NRL Profits. If you're tired of constantly losing money to the bookies, it's time you join the Profits. Over 70 units of profit. In 2014, the service includes quality betting recommendations for the NRL and the Super League. They offer a 10% discount for the Access All Profits packages to all fifth and last listeners. So visit nrlprofits.com forward slash fifth and last to take advantage and profit with the profits. But that's us for this week. So enjoy your weekend and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? What's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.